All right. Welcome, everyone. He's done it, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. And this week's episode will be all about football as the NFL is back. Week one is in the books, and we are ready to react and possibly overreact to all 16 games from this weekend starting with the Bills' dominant victory over the defending champion Rams on opening night, all the way to the Seahawks' emotional win over the Broncos and Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. So we'll give our thoughts on all of the crazy games, big-time action, big-time performances from this weekend, and that'll be just about it for this one. So very excited to focus on the NFL with it finally being back. So with that, let's get started. So normally I don't love episodes when it's just entirely sports. I like mixing in other topics just to kind of show our range. But NFL Week One, I couldn't care less. I just oh, I, care I less love either. this episode every year. Just being able to talk about all the football games from this weekend. Uh, it, this is a perfect time to do it because we waited what seven months of the off season since February. Everything going on, free agency, the draft, training camp, and. We finally got to see real action that counts on the field. And not only is it a great time to react to a bunch of games, but it's a great time to overreact to a bunch of games. And I'm sure that there will be plenty of times where it's going to be uh, you know, tough to not, not read in too much what we saw in week one. But at the same time, it's always kind of fun to speculate from here just what was real, what's not quite there. And we're going to talk about all these games. And let's start with the Thursday night game. And we... Had a, a lot of pageantry in L.A. They raised the banner. The Rams defending Super Bowl champs. Matt Stafford supposedly healthy. Aaron Donald almost retired. He's back. Rams are ready to go. And what happened? Buffalo goes out and basically dominates them. 21 to nothing in the second half. And I think that an easy reaction is the Bills played like a team that is Super Bowl favorites. They weren't perfect, but they still came away with a huge win. And... The simplest overreaction is that the Bills are the best team in the league and they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) I'm not going to go that far, obviously, but (laughs) (laughs) since I already gave my prediction, but I will say I do think the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the league right now. And I do believe that they're going to be a one seed just because not only are they as dominant as they are, but they're also in an easier division compared to other great teams in the AFC. And they had... Their moments where they struggled in this game, where they had multiple turnovers. Yeah, I think they had four James, turnovers in this yeah, one. Yeah, James James Cook fumbled his very first carry <laughs> in the NFL. Uh-huh. And then Josh Allen had an interception where it was off of McKenzie's hands and it was completely on him. And he was basically perfect for the first quarter or so. I think and he started 10 for 10. Then, yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, that the interception that wasn't his fault happened. And then, and then he had his second interception, which was completely on him. But... 
they still won 31 to 10, even though they were sloppy in this game, which shows you how good they are. And they didn't just beat some crap team. They beat the defending Super Bowl champions who I believe and I'd imagine others believe that they will take a step back this year, but that's still a good team. Oh, so for sure. The, so the fact that they won by as many points as they did with the amount of uh, careless mistakes they made in this game shows you that they have as much upside as any team in the league, especially just given how great they are on both sides of the ball. Because, yeah, they, lim- they limited the Rams' offense to 10 points. Yeah, too. none in the second half. And I think that's a big thing is the fact that the Bills weren't amazing on offense. Like, yes, Josh Allen ended up throwing three touchdown passes, ran for another. They did enough to put up a lot of points, but still made some mistakes. Two running backs fumbled. You had the one pick on Allen, the other on the receiver. But I went into this game... Initially, my thought was the Bills are the better team, but then I thought more about it. I was like, if this was week four, then I'm picking Buffalo, but this is opening night, the Rams Super Bowl champs. I think everyone's really high on the Bills. It just, this environment just feels like the Rams should pull away with a win. That was how I went into it, and Buffalo didn't really give them much of a chance, and uh, I I think that I I came away from this feeling even more impressed with the Buffalo Bills and their ability to go on a deep run and potentially like go to the Super Bowl. Going into the season, I really like their chances, and I certainly don't like them any less after this one. I, I had Buffalo winning this game, but I'm not. I'm certainly not going to pretend that I had this as a blowout, mm-hmm. I, especially since it was a tie game after the first half. I thought, yeah, I thought it'd be a close game, but Buffalo winning. But no, it was it was a blowout after once the second half started. It was all Buffalo, and yeah, I, even though I don't have them winning at all, I do expect them to. Again, be a one seed and probably make it to the AFC Championship game. And who knows? It's probably more likely than not that... I mean, they're the favorite, so... Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, everyone is on Buffalo, it feels like, which part of me thinks it's like, okay, if everyone's on Buffalo and Buffalo has been this losing team for all these years, then it's, Buffalo... It, it could be inevitable that something the, is going to happen. And yeah. Exactly, right. And so part of me is just skeptical about just the history and the amount of people on them this year. But they are, after week one, I think, as of right now, they're the best team in the league. And it's not even just about their offense either. It's just like their defense was already elite, and you throw in Von Miller. And I I was skeptical of it. It felt like they were paying a lot for an older player. But what did he have? Uh, Two, three sacks in this game? He He had multiple sacks in this game. He was a a total difference maker. The only criticism I have of him is... I don't like his hairdo, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, so that's, he looked that's pretty good. <laughs> yes, he, lo- he looked great with a helmet on in this one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Bills definitely look scary. At the same time, seven sacks. The Rams' offensive line I did have some questions about. I had some questions about Matthew Stafford's health. Supposedly, he was healthy. Did not look great throwing the football. No, he, he didn't I- look great. And my concerns on the wide receiver group after Cup really showed in this game because Cup was amazing, but after that, it was uh, – it was not great, and this is just a joke overreaction, but can you say that Allen Robinson was actually holding back Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, and <laughs> and uh, Andy Dalton and all the crap quarterbacks he's played with? Maybe it was actually Allen Robinson that was the problem? No, nah, I mean, yeah. I'm just joking with him. I mean, but, 
Stafford only threw the ball to him twice this whole game. I don't know how much of that was on Robinson. Just it, it didn't seem like he was getting open a ton. It, there may be some opportunities where Stafford was just forcing the ball to cup, but it is it's a concern because I think that we were kind of questioning the drop off and feeling like Robinson, okay, he's a number two guy. He can replace Robert Woods or Odell Beckham Jr., who were the number two last year, but early returns not looking very great. No. I, I it's it's a little concerning. I think he'll be fine, but I do think it's a little concerning. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't fit their offense. Yeah, maybe, that's maybe, definitely a concern. Maybe a receiver like, I mean, obviously Cup, but Allen Robinson is kind of that more big physical prototype, prototypical receiver, while guys like Cup and Odell, they're not as big in size, but they're much quicker, shiftier. Yeah, I I, no, and I, I get that. I thought that Robinson fit the Woods mold, but... Losing Robert Woods didn't stop the Rams from winning the Super Bowl, so right. I, I think that's another way to look at it. And then the run game is going to be a bit of a problem. I, oh, I don't that, know why Cam Akers was not involved at all, but regardless, I mean, only 52 rushing yards I'd in this Im- one. I'd imagine the Achilles tear has something to do with it. Uh, yes, he came back last year, at the end of last year in the postseason, but he didn't look great. It, mm-hmm. It's amazing that he came back, but... You think that, okay, if he came back, even though he didn't look great, the fact that he came back at the end of last year's show was like, all right, well, he's going to be healthy for this year. And like That turns out that's not the case, at least for now, that maybe the Achilles thing is something to worry about. And we saw Todd Gurley, look, Cameron Anchors is not in the same class as Todd Gurley, but we saw with Todd Gurley that he, he just fell off a cliff. His knee issues got to him, and he was never, ever the same after that. And he's not even playing in the league now. And so it's a different injury and a different running back, but... Can the same thing happen again with another Rams running back where he's he gets injured, a major injury, and he's just never the same again? Yeah, it's possible. I So I was under the impression that a lot of the concerns that the Rams had were just like about him and his like effort and stuff. I didn't really read too much into it, mostly because I don't own Cam Akers in fantasy, so I wasn't personally victimized by him only getting three carries like a lot of people were. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of things to worry about. Um between him, you know, Daryl Henderson ended up getting the bulk of the work. He wasn't all that great. I don't know how much of that was just on the offensive line or the Rams' offense in general. I think it's fair to say the Rams I, I, I didn't think play the Bill- any starters in the preseason, so this is their first action. Bills did. Watching that game, I the Bills' D-line destroyed the Rams' O-line, so I'm, I'm leaning more towards that than the running backs themselves. Well, Henderson, I mean, more than Akers. Akers, that one's really to be determined if, if it had to do with the O-line or or if his health is a problem. Because, yeah, he only had a few touches, but the few times he touched the ball, he got destroyed. Oh, yeah, I mean, three the, carries for immediately. zero yards. And then there was one play where Stafford threw it backwards to him. And uh-huh. just, like, go make a play. And so maybe it's a little bit unfair on K-Makers, but at the same time, how can you not be a little concerned about that? Yeah, and I, I will say that coming into the season – for the most part, I felt good about the Rams. I think it was almost cherry-picking some things to be able to say they won the Super Bowl last year. They're not winning it again. I think that's kind of the easiest argument that I could have made about the Rams' Super Bowl chances. But I think that this could be a work in progress. I I don't feel great about this team. They play the Falcons next week, and I think that that will be kind of a better judgment That's a get-right spot for them. Exactly. Yeah. So, and if they don't get right, then, yeah, I think it's time to maybe start panicking that they were uh, – a one-year wonder last year in terms of being like true contenders in the NFC. Um, I still think they're. I, I still think they're a playoff team, but it is a question if they can win the division or not. 
Mm-hmm. No, and that's that was always a question coming into the season. I think both of us were on the same page when it came to the Rams being good enough to make the playoffs, but you know, thinking that they would not be in the same spot they were last year. Um, and again, it is just week one. They did lose to the presumptive Super Bowl favorite, so you can only put too much stock into that. At the same time, they didn't look like they were in the same league as this team. So I think that it's fair to to question their their potential if uh you know at least their ceiling if you want to dismiss questioning their floor. So um with that, let's stay in the AFC East. So for the longest time the Patriots were the class of the division. Now it feels like the changing of the guard is is fully underway with Buffalo. Uh, especially after week one. And, you know, the Patriots didn't matter how great they were, how bad the Dolphins were. It was never easy for them to go in Miami and win. And the offense had a lot of question marks ending of the season for a lot of reasons. Who was calling the plays? Who was the personnel? They went out and only scored seven points against the Dolphins. So do you think that this is just another classic example of the Patriots going into Miami? Or is this a sign of more to come? I think it's a sign of more to come. But they are never good in Miami, no matter if it was Tom Brady under center or or someone somebody else. It it's they've always had issues going down to Miami, and they had to do it in Week One mm-hmm. instead of at the end of the year. So that was yeah. Normally it was it even December worse. December in Miami that was a problem. Yeah, for at least some in reason. December it's a little bit cooler, but <laughs> September right out of the gate in in Miami where it's probably ninety plus degrees, and then playing football and with with a bunch of pads on. I, like yeah, that's. That's a cause for concern, just given how, especially just given how bad they are when they play at Miami. But I think it's a sign of more things to come because, okay, like their offense. I remember, I remember watching the beginning of the the game. Their offense looked like it was rolling, and then all of a sudden, another turn, first turnover of the game, and and then all of a sudden, they get the ball back later in the game, and all of a sudden, Mac Jones gets destroyed on a sack, and then ends up leading to a a, a fumble recovery and a, a touchdown for Miami and I think they have a lot of lot of issues on offense on who's calling who's calling the plays and can everyone get on the same page and I don't think the players are really bought in and Kendrick Bourne looks like he's in the doghouse because he didn't even play in the I first don't half he didn't play why. until the fourth quarter yeah. and it's just like is this Malcolm Butler all over again where he's in the doghouse for whatever reason it is whether if it's he struggled in training camp or if he there were rumors about how he he actually showed up late to a meeting that was reported but he he didn't he didn't perform well in training camp and then didn't do really much at all when he was out there in the preseason and and the offense they just haven't shown it whatsoever any sort of progress not just in training camp but even in the preseason I didn't watch the first two games but I did watch the third game because they actually did play the starters and they were struggling against the backup Raiders players, which is like the starters versus the backups, and they're struggling. And uh, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not feeling great about the I'm not feeling great at all about the uh, the the Patriots, but the offense specifically, just because last year we saw Mac Jones. Even though I do, even though I believe he's a little bit overrated by Patriots fans, I I did like what I saw from him last year. He's he's definitely better than I thought he'd be, and he showed he showed real potential and he didn't win offensive rookie of the year because Jamar Chase was ridiculous but he was in the running and deservedly so and you saw, you, you think that there's going to be more progress after year 1 but now that McDaniel's is not there anymore they're 
they're leaning on Matt Patricia as the play Matt caller. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, defensive Joe, coordinator, which is just a total disaster because those guys they can't coach. They can't. They're not good coaches. And I don't think it's a. It's kind of jumping too far ahead, but I don't think it's a coincidence that that oh, that Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are here, and that and it's disastrous. While it, it, with the Giants, they they look like they have a coach that they really like and, and can play for. And then same thing with Detroit, even though they lost. Like, but Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, I don't, I don't think the players like them at all, and don't think that don't think very highly of them, and. I think it's a coaching problem with New England because I look the Patriots they don't have a roster to win the Super Bowl whatsoever. But they they don't have great players outside of maybe Matthew Judon, but they have good players. Yeah, not that, great I players. They don't so have playmakers. Well. Uh-huh. But they have plenty of good players on their team. And which in other words what I'm trying to say is they have the roster to compete for a a playoff spot, even if it's just a wild card, like because they're not gonna come close to beating Buffalo, but they they can they have the roster to be a wild card team, but I think with the issues coaching wise, I think I think it's gonna be a long, long season. So I, I'm glad that you feel that way because I feel like I've heard a lot of various things about how you should view the Patriots roster. And there are a lot of people who say, I don't care about the coaching. I think the personnel is just not that good. And I look at them and I'm like, their offensive line is solid. They have a quarterback in Mac Jones who is very good for a rookie, and I think he's someone who it's reasonable to believe can take an even further step this year. Their wide receivers, maybe they don't have like a true number I, one. I actually but like their receivers. They have Jacoby some Myers is the yeah. best player on the Patriots yesterday uh, on on Sunday. I, I thought, I mean, he only had I think four or five catches, but mm-hmm. he looked good on on his catches. And there was even one like third down where they it was a must uh, a must need first down, and that he was able to. Yeah, he made uh, a, a really solid catch there. They got really, yeah, they got him and Myers and Mac Jones. They have a good connection, and then uh, Devontae Parker will take take some time, and maybe uh, he probably should have fought for that 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 yeah, uh, yeah, so throw I, in the I end do zone a little bit. That, that first he probably play. should have fought for that. It little probably bit should harder. have been a pass interference, but well, Parker that too. didn't it do could anything. Have been a pass but Parker, if you watch it live. It doesn't look like pass interference. It just looks mm-hmm. like Parker is just not making an you, effort, and you could I, see the the you, hand ripping. But I think you if can he make the case it better, that it was pass interference, but at the same time, I also thought that uh, you know Parker probably could have made a little bit more of an effort on yeah, that. Yeah, and play. if he does, he probably gets a flag there. And instead of a turnover, the Patriots have first and goal at the one. Who knows where the rest of the game goes? And that that's right. another thing. I just look at the the offense, and it, I think that they have enough talent there, and it just feels like they abandoned. The coaching. I don't know if that's Bill Belichick just thinking way too highly of himself, thinking it doesn't matter who is calling I think, the plays oh, it's on definitely offense. Definitely part of it. He thinks it's he thinks that you can just put in anyone to coach offense or defense, and it's like as long as you know football, it'll be fine. It's not everyone is you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Belichick is, even though I crapped on him for like the past few years now, he is a great coach and the arguably the probably the greatest coach ever, uh, winning all these Super Bowls that he's won. But not everyone is has the same mind as him, and so for him to think that anyone can just, you know, be the play caller or coach offense or defense, because Matt Patricia, of course, was the D coordinator. Now he's the play caller on offense, and just think that you can just throw in anybody and and just pick guys that he likes. It doesn't matter if they're qualified enough. It's just picking guys that he likes. I I just think that. I couldn't disagree with him more on, yeah. on his decision making. I mean, it, it feels stuff. kind of a shame because it seemed like the Patriots had a lot of momentum last year, making the playoffs and you know having 
a quarterback that was ridiculed by a lot of people before the season go out and make a very strong case of him being the best rookie quarterback. And it just didn't seem like this team did him any favors in terms of bringing in someone to coach him up and help him take that next step. I I think he's set up to fail this year, Mm -hmm. Uh, and which which is a shame because, again, he showed some promise last year. He's not... Oh, yeah. He's he's kind of oh I I still stand by that he's overrated by Patriots fans and that he's like oh he's the next Tom Brady but yeah but I, he, I, he's he's, <laughs> he's good he uh-huh. is pretty no, good I, though is I think that he's someone who could easily be like a, a Kirk Cousins type or a Derek yeah Carr he's not type, gonna or, be an elite 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 quarterback but, but he can be good enough to make see... you a playoff threat every year with the right roster around him so yeah I think I think there are some winning qualities with him. And even even if he doesn't have the physical tools like other quarterbacks, uh, he's he's shown that he could play. (laughs) Uh, So Mm -hmm. I think it's a shame that they're putting this much pressure on him to succeed. And I I think he's just set up to fail this year. And I think it's I think the Patriots are going to have a losing record this year. I believe that before before this game. And now I I feel even better about that. So. I think that as much as like the Patriots offense deserves some criticism, the Dolphins defense looks really good. I, I think that the Dolphins defense has a chance to be one of the better units in the league. I think they've always been up there in terms of being able to take away the ball from the other team. They have a lot of notable players. I mean, Xavier Howard is uh, one of the, the best corners in the league. We know that he's going to continue to make an impact. And I guess from the Miami side coming out of this, do you think that this is more about just uh, – Patriots are going to suck or the Dolphins kind of convincing you more that they could be a legitimate threat in the AFC I'm biased but I can't help but just say that was more on the Patriots <laughs> than the Dolphins yeah. like, the Dolphins were good they were fine yesterday or I thought they again, were Sunday decent. but their defense I thought they were was decent, great their but... offense yeah uh, yeah exactly I guess that's what I'm looking at like the, de- the defense I think played better than the offense and I know the offense yes they scored they, they won 20 to 7 but one of the touchdowns was on defense and uh-huh. then I mean, they're lone touchdown, fourth and they, seven. They, like that was a crazy call by Mike McDaniel. I I was like, what is he doing here? It was, it was. But what if the Patriots had Brady? Would he oh, go yeah, for no, it? I, would he even I, go for it, or would they just punt it? Yeah, because I mean, if that, they let's say let's say it was Brady it. on the other side and uh, they went for it and they they don't com- convert it, then that looks bad. On, that looks like a terrible decision because there was still it's very likely someone like Brady would like first after would take advantage of that. But with Mac Jones. With the with how the offense looks, uh, maybe maybe there was a reason why he went for it. Yeah, I was probably believing in his defense more than his offense. Obviously, right. it worked out. You know, Jalen Waddle was able to avoid two Patriots tacklers who basically yeah. made a play on each other instead of him, and he walked in for an easy touchdown. And him and the fans were waddling in the end zone. And yeah, I mean, at that point, it felt like the game was <laughs> over. So with Miami going up seventeen nothing into the half, I'm not surprised that Tyree got more of the more of the touches compared to Waddle just because Waddle he was banged up most of the training camp mm-hmm. which probably forced Tua to have more of a connection with Tyreek uh this offseason than with Waddle. I mean Waddle was already there obviously uh for a year but but you know what I mean though like lately I mean oh I yeah think. no I, I totally get that and again Ty- Tyreek Hill is the number one wide receiver that's so. that's true also yeah yeah and I, 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 I guess I, what I what I can't help is look looking at that game like yes Tua did fine but I don't know. He just looks so average, even though he didn't turn the ball over and he had that one touchdown. It just looks, it just still looks so average the way his release is. Uh, it, I don't know. It's just, 
I, think I remember a lot of it has I, to do with him being left-handed. I think it just makes it look that, even worse. That, that is, I think there is some left-handed bias. Uh, like he's basically like Hawaiian Tebow out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't know. I, the fact that he's four and zero versus New England, like, people again, people a lot of people, a lot of Patriots fans think he sucks. Like if he sucks, then the pa- Patriots must really, really suck if they can't beat him. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's fair, and I think that it's easy to question Tua, but he, I think he's he's shown enough. He's shown an ability to win. He hasn't shown that. Yeah, he he's take got that step, going for him but, at least. Uh huh. I just I just can't help but look at the how the, how it's going for the Patriots because I don't think Miami did anything special in that game to win. I just think the Patriots just can't get it together. They didn't do anything special to make Miami have to do anything special to win right so. <laughs> <laughs> I think Miami will be fine I, I have them over New England uh, I, I think they can be a 9-8 kind of football team but I, I do think there are too many good teams in the AFC and I, I do think there'll be a lot of ups and downs for them uh, I, I I'm, my stupid ball call won't happen but I do think there'll be games like this where everything is sunshine and rainbows and then I think there will be games where there'll be multiple turnovers and uh, and and Tyreek and Tua might not be on the same page. And I, I can see it being a roller coaster of a year for Miami. Yeah, I, I can totally see that as well. And that, I think that they're a team that I don't fully believe in for that reason. That's just, I see too many highs and too many lows. And you look at a team that went one and seven last year, then won seven in a row after that. Just kind of really crazy season that they had. And I don't know if it'll be like that, but I could certainly see it being a lot more ebbs and flows than just one long losing streak and one, one long winning streak. So next week, Patriots are playing the Steelers. They'll move on to another AFC divisional matchup. And Bengals-Steelers, wildest game of the weekend. I have no idea how I survived this one. Like, just an absolute <laughs> roller coaster throughout. I go into it expecting a loss, just hoping for some positives, keeping it close. And then as the game plays out, the defense gives me reason to think, okay, this could be a fun one. And then believing the Steelers are going to win and then all of a sudden being totally prepared for absolute devastation and heartbreak then feeling like I'm being tortured by the football gods as the Bengals blow chances to tie and win the game multiple times and ultimately some way somehow the Steelers walk away from this 1-1-0 which way better than the alternatives but I don't feel amazing about this win for a variety of reasons and uh yeah it's it's gonna be a a a tough season moving forward if a lot of these games go like this one. Well, uh, you got to feel good that they won, and they not only did they win, but they beat arguably the best. Yeah, team no, in the absolutely. Division. I mean, they right. won so the division last year. They but went I know to the what Super you mean, Bowl. Though, that, like, okay, yes, they won, and they beat the like, argue, again, arguably the best team in the division, a team that made it all the way in the Super Bowl last year. But at the same time, there was there were some some concerns about that game, especially the end. Uh, defensively giving up the touchdown to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase could have had a mon. I mean, he did have a great game, but he could have had a monster game if he yeah, could just keep barely his toes miss- and bounce. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not concerned about the defense. I think the defense is just gas. The concern has to be on the offense. <laughs> the, the Steelers had five takeaways, didn't turn the ball over once, and they still needed overtime the last play of the game. They needed a blocked extra point, a shank 29-yard field goal. The offense needs to do more than what they did. There was like one drive. I think that they either went three or four and out on 12 of 15 drives in this game. Wow, that's and crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, 
that was the, the worst part was that the defense would make a huge play. You'd have like a Cam Sutton or a Kella Weatherspoon interception. You feel great. And then they'd go three and out and have to trot right back out on the field. So that was why it was just inevitable that the Bengals would find a way to score because the defense was on the field for 43 minutes in this one and just 26 by the offense. And I came into the season with high expectations for Mitch Trubisky. I'm not ready to jump off the ship and say Kenny Pickett should start week two, but uh, he definitely did not play well in this game. And the crazy part is he had a game-winning drive. <laughs> like He comes away <laughs> feeling like, all right, he did something. And that was one thing I said coming into this year was as much as I believe that the offense can be better with Trubisky than with Rossberger because of his ability to extend plays, move outside the pocket, and I, beat I you on the ground. That. And that's me yeah. who we're talking about. I the guy didn't... who's been the biggest non-believer in Trubisky. Uh-huh. It's, you know what? Roethlisberger was just totally He's done. just a statue. And, yeah. And, and the fact that they're adding someone that has actually some athleticism and can actually move a little bit out of the pocket. And, and yes, he's very turnover prone, but... I would actually rather even well he he didn't show it in week one at all really but I would rather have someone like that that has some potential or some upside than someone like that someone like Ben who is a statue and was clearly done but yeah at the same time though you gotta show a little bit more or else I I would want to see the rookie out mm-hmm. there yeah and I I think that my biggest concern was that Mitch wouldn't be able to win games like this where he needed to win the game and not just rely on you know game managing and a great defense and in the end you know this game doesn't come down to one play but he ultimately made the winning play third and one from the 29 with 35 seconds to go in overtime Sam Hubbard jumps off sides Steelers get a free play instead of giving up on it he throws the ball downfield to Pat Fryermuth catches it at the 50, takes it out to the 45, two plays later, gets another first down, and Boswell's kicking a 53-yard field goal for the win. And Luckily yeah, for uh, Pittsburgh... That was it. <laughs> luckily for them, they, they also have the sucky Patriots, like you mentioned, in week two, and then they got the Browns and the Jets in the next Yeah, oh, the schedule... Week, so. I know, schedule definitely gets good from here. So that's why yeah. I felt like if the Steelers could be competitive with the Bengals, even with the loss, there was an opportunity to believe that 3-1... and one, before the schedule starts to pick up a little more was a possibility. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the defense, even without TJ Watt, so it sounds like he's not lost for the year, just six I weeks. Thought, I thought for sure that he was going to be done, but yeah, hearing that he's going to be out six weeks, mm-hmm. who knows if it's going to be exactly six weeks, but yeah, the fact I mean, we'll that he's see. not out for the year is definitely It's huge. Definitely big. Yeah, but I, I think that the defense has enough playmakers in this one. Like Anything I've ever said bad about Minka Fitzpatrick, just delete that from the record. He was insane in this game. Pick six to start it out. Blocked extra point. He also had a huge pass breakup in the end zone that ultimately didn't matter because the Bengals scored the tying touchdown in the next play. But he was a monster. 14 tackles in this one. So I feel... Great about him. Um, the corners, I was a little concerned, but I think that both uh, Akella Weatherspoon and Camp Sutton played really well in this one. And even Devin Bush wasn't terrible out there. He made some plays. He looked aggressive. I think that the Steelers can weather this storm, especially Alex Highsmith, three sacks. I don't know if he's ready to be the, the number one guy on his own, but if Watt is only missing six weeks, then I'm not ready to give up on the season uh, or feel like the defense is going to take a huge step backward. Obviously need to get him healthy, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the defense I feel really good about. Offense, work in progress. So, but 
yeah, I, I don't know what to expect going into this week two game. I mean, last year the Steelers went out and beat Buffalo at home and or on the road, looked great on defense, and then they just could do nothing against the Raiders in the home opener in week two. I think there's more urgency for the Patriots to win this game because mm-hmm. they lost and oh, for sure. pulled out pulled out an upset in week one on the road. And so there's gonna be more urgency for the Patriots to win, but at the same time, I don't have I don't have very much confidence whatsoever in, in the team that it surprises me a little bit that the Patriots are favored. Even though it's only by a point, it still kind of surprises me a little bit. Yeah, we also that. don't know if Mac Jones is going to play in this one. I don't no, know what play. the latest he, he, is. He, he good he to go? About, okay. Yeah, he got x-rays on his back, but he said he'll be fine. He'll be, pl- okay. he'll be I mean, it sounds like similar to Najee Harris, where like, there were really serious questions about That one, I think, injury. is a little bit more serious. because it's He says same. he's going to play, but yes, it does. But I do think that's something to keep an eye on for uh-huh. Well, because he was playing with it um, throughout, like he got injured at some point in like the preseason training camp. So like he'd been dealing with it for a while and he did not look as explosive. Yeah, the same foot injury. Um, Liz Frank-ish, not like a end the season Liz Frank injury, but close to that enough that it's something that can affect him absolutely and i think it did affect him in the first one i mean even before he went down 10 carries for 23 yards i think he had one play where he burst through for like 10 or 11 yards able to shake off some tacklers but uh yeah i mean he did not look amazing and i think part of that is the offensive line as well like that's still a huge concern oh that's still part of it for sure yeah i mean i don't know how much i can say the pass protection was great just because trubisky is only sacked one time but the uh the run the run offensive line part is it definitely needs some work. So we'll see. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like the offense is going to get better. They're going to figure it out. But whether that means it's because Kenny Pickett comes into the game or because Trubisky, you know, starts taking more chances and gets more confident is to be seen. Um, the one thing I'll say is I don't know that Pickett should be rushed out there because I think that it's going to take a lot of time for that offensive line to get to the point where you're not like terrified for his life back there. Yeah. I, w- I want to see him out there when, so I, Trubisky should have a short leash, but at the same time, I don't want to see if I'm looking from a Steelers pers- perspective, I wouldn't want to see him week two mm-hmm. or week three or four. Some I, fans I want, do. Some fans want him out there week I, one. I want them to take their time with him. Yeah. I, I would, I wouldn't, Look, Trubisky didn't lose. <laughs> he no, he did. didn't. He You're didn't right. do great, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. Blow he didn't it make either, mistakes. So. He didn't do anything really good. He was exactly. very conservative, but he didn't make mistakes. And I find it hard to believe that Kenny Pickett wouldn't have made mistakes. And my first real NFL answer game. on when they should put Pickett out there is when Trubisky absolutely implodes. But I, I, I would, I would like if I'm again looking from a Steelers perspective, I would want to see Pickett at some point this year, but. Maybe some later in the year, like halfway through the year or something like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, in a perfect world, Drabisky never loses a starting job because he's good enough to keep it. But I, I do think it eventually it could get to that point, especially after how things played out in week one. So, right. But yeah, I mean, that, that'll that be a big game for, for both of us week two, really. Um, good chance to see, you know, what our teams can do and, uh, I don't want to say elimination game in week two, but this is, you know, the AFC, you definitely need to win games against teams that you don't necessarily believe are inside the top seven because that'll make those, you know, games even tougher. So the Patriots should have won last week then. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly. When you play teams that are in that like eight through 12 range, you want to walk away with wins over them. So that way you can uh, like your chances better 
of stealing one of those last playoff berths. So anyway, let's, uh, let's move forward now. And, you know, even though uh, they're neither of our team, I think that there is a connection to them on this podcast for a lot of reasons, partially because our former co-host is a fan, but also because you and I had a lot of great things to say about the 49ers. And I don't know if it was all just because of the rain and the gross conditions, but I don't feel very good about my Niners Super Bowl prediction right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not either. And yes, I picked Trey Lance to win MVP and which was obviously pretty bold. Uh, if 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 there was a gun to my head and I had to bet my life on it, I wouldn't I would would have picked Josh Allen, <laughs> but just wanted to be bold because I I am high on him and the Niners and yeah, it did not look great. I do uh, someone that's being that's high on them. I I just want to say that uh it's just the rain it's just the monsoon like and he he's a he's not a rookie but it's his it's his first he might start. as well be a rookie uh, yeah it's his first start as a as the as the full-time starter now like because mm-hmm. last year he had a start versus arizona on the road and then he had another start late in the year but it was just because uh, so, garoppolo was hurt not because right he exactly like, this is this shirt. is his first game as a starter and they actually decided to go with him and not just because the starter was hurt. And so, yeah, and, and also combining that with how low I am on Chicago, it, yeah, it, it's not, it did not look, uh, yeah, it's not, it wasn't a good first start. But at the same time, again, terrible weather. Didn't even have George Kittle for week one, which is a concern. The fact that he's already hurt is is not great. And then, of course, they lost another starting running back week one. Yeah, oh, I know. It's it, I just don't understand why anyone would ever draft a Niners running back in fantasy anymore because you just don't know who it's going to be, and the, the top guys just end up getting hurt anyway. So Yeah, I, 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 I've, uh, yeah, I don't do that either just <laughs> because of those reasons, just because uh-huh. you never know who it's going to be, and then they're going to get hurt anyway, whoever, you, whoever it is. Top two leading wrestlers were Trey Lance and Debo Samuel. Now, I know Mitchell got hurt, so that might have played a factor, but they, they can find ways to to run the ball. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, 176 yards. I don't feel terrible about my Niners will lead the league in rushing take, but definitely some concerns about Trey Lance. I do think weather is a factor, but I – I look at the weather in like the second half, fourth quarter of that game when it was just uh, there's no way that the Niners can move the ball in that. Earlier in the game, you know, I, I think that it was easy to overlook it because the Bears literally couldn't do anything. It was just sad trying to watch oh, they, Justin they Fields were play quarterback. In that first half. Yeah, but the Niners really weren't that much better. Part of it, Debo Samuel did fumble in the red zone. They they made some mistakes in that one, uh, squandered some opportunities for points early, and ended up haunting them later in the game. But I do think that a lot of the concern with Trey Lance is the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, and that he's yeah, I, he's I, the backup. He is breathing down his neck. I mean, I, I thought for sure he'd be gone, but the fact that he is still there, part of me thinks it's okay. Maybe he just maybe it's an easier way to trade him and i, I don't I thought so his as contract, well but but ben you know what part of me is thinking part of me is thinking that uh man like if 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 lance doesn't pan out then where they just going to go back to jimmy i just find that whole situation annoying it's a weird situation for i'm sure it's a weird situation i thought he'd be gone last people, year but... <laughs> and, and and then i thought for sure he'd be gone this year and now he's still there and it's just yeah, and I've heard two different things. I've heard Trey Lance is happy to have him around still, and I've also heard that he's pissed that he's around. So 
I can't imagine it's easy to be the quarterback knowing I, that I, there's I a guy who the, has had a lot of success thing right that behind he's, you. That I'm sure him and Jimmy get along, but I'm sure there's a part of it it's like, man, they, the, this team doesn't have full confidence in me. Mm-hmm. And there have been a lot of talks of, since draft day. There have been all the talks about how Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan really wanted Mac Jones and John Lynch wanted Tom, Tom Brady. And it was just a whole cluster. And they ended up picking... They, they didn't end up getting Brady in 2020, and they end up not taking... Mac Jones in the 2021 draft and drafted Trey Lance. And I still think that's the right decision, even though I think Mac Jones has been better as a pro than Lance has, of course. But at the same time, Mac Jones has a full year under his belt as a starter while Lance has been out there for a few games. And I think he'll be fine, but I, I am a little concerned. Luckily, they, I, I, I think in the beginning – part of their schedule is pretty easy even though they just lost to a team that i thought would be one of the worst in the league uh Uh, i'll admit i'm I'm blaming more towards the weather but but i am a little concerned that maybe lance might still not be ready as a pure pocket passer i'm i'll admit i'm high on him probably more as a like fantasy and rushing and all that just because he's freakishly athletic yeah, I mean, I, I still think his ceiling is extremely high. Oh, he's yeah. able to do a lot of great things. And yes, I would like to see how he plays in normal conditions. Uh, I also don't think you can just dismiss the fact that he's not a captain. I mean, the Niners had seven last year. He finished seventh in voting. They have six captains this year. Feels like that has to mean something. I don't know. I mean, there's only two other teams that their quarterback doesn't have captainship, and that's the Browns and the Seahawks. So feels like there's uh which i guess makes sense because it uh, makes sense for both of them yeah because yeah. <laughs> uh i don't know which guy you'd want to pick as the captain for the browns because one I is mean, uh Brissett yeah. and the other guy is uh predator so uh uh-huh. so no and it, it totally makes sense for those two teams niners i don't know as much and maybe that's something that really shouldn't be looked into a ton because he's only a second year player but mac jones is a captain justin fields is a captain so I don't know. Um, I I don't want to totally give up on this '90s team, but no, this I get is, it. This I is a tough it. week I, one not, showing, and I personally think it'll be fine. But at the same time, I'm I, I can't help but be a little concerned. Of course. Yeah. Oh, you have to be very yeah. concerned. And um, you know, we knew that uh, the the Trey Lance versus Justin Fields storyline we talked about with Fields going eight picks after Trey Lance and. Look, I think it's easy to dismiss the Bears because of the other 52 guys on the roster. But when I look at this team, I'm like, if Justin Fields is as special as I thought he was a couple years ago, the Bears can maybe find a way to be better than expected. And I think that, yeah, he his offensive line didn't do him any favors. He was hit before he could even step back and take a time to pass a lot. But I he like made Justin two Fields really good plays. I just, I just hate what's around him. <laughs> yeah, no, and it sucks. But I think that he he could be special enough that the Bears could find ways to win games like this. And I, I think their defense played well. Again, weather probably played a big role in this one. But Fields ended up making uh, – I mean, he had the touchdown pass to Dante Pettis. He was able to avoid the pressure and find a wide-open guy for a long touchdown. And he also had a nice throw when he was given time uh, on the touchdown to Equinemius St. Brown. So – I do think that Fields is someone who I would really like to see him play on a, a competent offense, but I think that he's good enough that he can maybe find ways to still make some special plays, even if he only gets like three or four chances to do so in a game because of how bad the offense is around him. 
I think that's a reason to think that the Bears are not just going to be some, oh, you don't have to worry about that because they might have a really special talent at the quarterback position. So they probably won't finish dead last uh, in, in, the, uh-huh. <laughs> in the league, but I still think they're going to finish last in the division. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that I think they're going to be a 500 football team, but I think that they they could they're going to give you, you more opportunities totally to win games because yeah. because Justin Fields I think he'll could carry them exactly them a, an extra win or two. Uh huh. Yeah, that's basically my mindset on him. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so let's kind of go back to the the AFC North and and the AFC East as well, and uh, let's talk about the Ravens and the Jets and. This was uh, an interesting game. I think that early on, you could definitely tell the emotions of the New York crowd and the 9-11 anniversary were playing a factor, but you know there are a lot of questions about Lamar Jackson. You know the big contract extension didn't end up happening. What were you going to see out of him? He wasn't spectacular, but he was solid enough. Three touchdown passes, and the Jets' offense just could not compete with the Ravens in this no. one. Even though I semi-joke that Joe Flacco is an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like it's probably not true <laughs> because they didn't they didn't produce much at all offensively. I know they're facing a good Ravens team, and especially their secondary. But yeah, like <laughs> they they didn't they didn't show much in that game. And the Ravens, uh, Duvernay got two touchdowns, so it looks like they got a uh, something after Bateman and Mark Andrews uh, in their offense, passing offense, mm-hmm. which is, so that's, that's promising for them. And yeah, this, this was, this was going to be a blowout from the start. Well, it wasn't that big of a I, blowout. It was 24 to nine. So it wasn't yeah. And it, I didn't, the Jets score with like a minute left in the game. Their one touchdown. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it was like, I agree with you where it's for me in order for a game to be a blowout, I almost feel like you have to score 30 points, but at the same time, this or, wasn't really maybe win by three touchdowns too. Yeah. Which I mean, two. exactly. And I think that, you know, the Ravens didn't do a ton running the ball. They were not able to move the ball on the ground. And I think that part of that was part they were trying to JK Dobbins. Is yeah. They were trying to trot out guys who just aren't number one running backs, but and Gus Edwards is still not healthy either. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. I mean, the leading rusher was Kenyon still. Drake. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I think that um, I, I'm excited to see what happens when they do have J.K. Dobbins back because I do think that he's going to get this Ravens offense going. But the fact that they were able to win the game where Lamar Jackson pretty much had to throw the ball. He only had six rushes himself. So they had to win with him passing the ball, and they were able to do that. And again, it was against the Jets. Didn't really have much of a chance, but you you know it's kind of game that you got to win if you want to get back to um, you know that top of the AFC status the Ravens were a few years ago. And you know, we'll see where they go from here, but I think overall it was a pretty promising, solid start for this team. Do you think for Lamar it was smart to? This is kind of off topic from. Not I from do want to talk about it, so I'm glad that do you, you. Do you yeah. think that it was smart for him to not take the deal? So if you look at the overall money, like yeah, he had a chance to make two hundred ninety million dollars. That sounds perfect. I think the guarantee should have been higher. I don't think he should get a fully guaranteed contract, but. 133 the Watson million contract that's... makes it so difficult because it that does. contract was so ridiculous. And uh, after, but because of that, other quarterbacks, especially someone like Lamar, who plays in the same division and has similar traits to his game, that he's going to look at that like, hey, I want that kind of money. And part of me thinks it was, I, I don't think it was smart for him to to pass up on that contract. I say that now, but maybe I'll, I'll sound stupid after a year and he gets huge money, but he's a running quarterback. And it is so a risk. someone like it him is. is more likely to get hurt 
uh-huh. than other quarterbacks. And he's not he's he not he's also a running he's a running quarterback, but he's also not like he's not huge like Cam Newton. He's a little bit skinnier. And then he also doesn't have an agent. He's, yeah, I know that is he doesn't, he doesn't that have Drew Rosenhaus that... as his as uh-huh. someone that he can some someone like that that he can rely on for advice on whether he should take the contract or not. So. It is no, it is a crazy move in some sense for him to bet on himself like this. But I do think that he should be making more guaranteed money than Kyler Murray. I mean, especially when you that's talk also about, part of it too. I'd imagine. Yeah, Kyler Murray. I mean, I, the, he has I would to be the contract have, standard for him. I didn't think I'd be saying this now, but I, I, I would rather have Lamar Jackson than Kyler Murray, even though Lamar sure. is more of a runner. Uh, I, I think that Lamar has proven that he's he can proven pass enough the ball. that he can, I think, pa- he can throw. Yeah, I think he's trying to make that more part of his game. I mean, I this isn't like a Brown should pay Baker Mayfield forty million dollars situation for me. Like, I think that the Ravens should pay Lamar Jackson as a neutral fan, as a Steelers fan. I hope he ends up playing for like the Falcons or the Seahawks next year because I think he is a special talent. Um, sucks against the Steelers, but he's really good against everybody else and. I think that the Ravens would be crazy not to lock him up, especially like with the way quarterback contracts are going right now, with the way the salary cap is projected to go, you should be looking to pay this guy sooner rather than later, not messing around with it. And the Ravens would be good enough that I don't know that they're going to just stumble upon another Lamar Jackson with the 32nd overall pick like they did in 2018. feels like that's a... Something that's just not going to happen. Even though Tyler Huntley was more than fine last year you, when he came in, I mean they I'm lost. Just, I'm every just joking. Game. But I'm just no. They just they lost. He was, so I get he it. He pretty, held his own. Okay, I think Lamar own, is yeah. coming off a bad season. I have higher expectations for him this year. But it, another thing, he has to prove himself because he was a Pro Bowler last year because of his name, not because of what he did on the field. So I think that there is that element to it as well that. The Ravens might not want to pay Lamar Jackson for what he did in 2019 and might want to focus more on what he did in 2021. It's a huge gamble on both sides, and I guess we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But I feel I feel confident enough in Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, I come into the year high on the Ravens, think that they're the best team in the division, and a lot of that is dependent on Lamar being more like that player before last year's injury ravage season. So I lean I get I just lean I lean towards that I think he should have taken it, but I'm sure that'll sound completely stupid when in a year later, after a great year, and he gets a lot of money. I'm sure that'll sound stupid. <laughs> I mean, I think this could go either way, but I I'm leaning more toward uh, you know. That's he, fair. No, it's, it's, it's a totally solid fair. Bet. Yeah, I, I can see it going either way, but then I'll we'll lean towards one way or the other on that. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I guess. Before we move on real quickly, uh, I think that there are probably a lot of stats you can throw out there for the wildest stat of week one. But I think one that I'm particularly leaning toward is the fact that Joe Flacco threw 59 pass attempts. (laughs) I was just about to say that. I was looking at the box scores and when you were talking, I was thinking in my mind. Joe Flacco threw 59 times uh-huh. in that game? Wow. Yeah, I, I realized it yesterday. I didn't notice I it in the it, game. But. <laughs> I realized it two minutes ago. <laughs> I was looking I was looking at the Ravens stats. I was just looking to see, okay, what were Lamar's numbers? What did some of the other guys do? Joe Flacco, 37 for 59? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's, I'm sure that's not something the Jets were trying to do. I'm sure that's not something Joe Flacco was trying to do. <laughs> but... That is, if you want to prove something against his old team. Yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, he 307 yards. He's still got something in him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that the Jets' ceiling is already capped with Zach Wilson at quarterback, and it's even more capped with Joe Flacco. So 
we'll see how soon Wilson comes back. That's such a weird situation. Go from he might play week one to he'll be back week four at the earliest. I, I don't know what's going on with that organization other than the the, the Jets. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. All right, so let's uh, do another AFC North battle, another quarterback revenge game, uh, but this one much more of a revenge element than that last one. And like the last one, that quarterback did not really play all that great. Um, I was pretty disappointed with Blake Baker Mayfield showing against Cleveland. I know he kind of rallied a little bit later with a couple yeah, touchdowns, yeah. but he started off slow, and Browns end up walking off essentially with a, a with late a 26, field victory. Goal. So I, you could say Baker did enough to win that game because it took a Browns ridiculous field goal to. to I win mean, he game. had him. He had him up with a minute and a half to go, but. I mean, they're down 20 to 7 early. It's still underwhelming, especially since Uh Baker said that he was going to F them. He made such a big deal about this game and then trying to walk it back afterwards. It's like, dude, you you just didn't play well. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, I was really excited to see Baker Mayfield go out and embarrass the Cleveland Browns. And I was very disappointed when that didn't happen. Uh, I mean, his first pass of the game, Clowney tipped it at the line and. I was like, oh, boy, this is a sign of bad things to come in this one. And, yeah, I mean, he he did not play great in this one. I don't know if there was just too much nerves factor going on because he did start to figure it out later on. Too up for the game? Yeah, right, that kind of thing. But he did end up – I mean, one of his – his touchdown passes was 75 yards to Robbie Anderson. So like, that's great, but it wasn't like he led this long scoring drive. It was just a, you know, one one play got everything. And, yeah, I mean, coming in – <laughs> yeah, so I I, I, did, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't think I'm sick, but <laughs> I think you could tell with my voice. So no, I'll try okay. to cut out most of the coughing. That. I don't know if I could do that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, coming into the season, I I didn't necessarily think that the Panthers would be a playoff team, but I was I was higher on them than I think a lot of people. I know you didn't really give them much of a chance. <laughs> I thought that you know they have enough talent, but I'm I'm not feeling all that great after this first game uh, especially against the Browns team that I mean Jacoby Brissett was okay it wasn't like Brissett was awesome threw for 147 yards like no, he did he, enough he, he Browns running great. game was insane but oh oh their their running game was great because yeah Chubb, I mean, Nick Chubb he, is awesome he's really efficient runner and then Kareem uh-huh. did all the scoring yeah yeah so I mean I, I think that the Browns the way that I look at these teams, if I want to overreact to week one, is that the Panthers are not going to be good and the Browns are going to be decent this year. I, and I, I, I think that's fair because even though they don't have, for the Browns, they don't have Deshaun Watson, they do have arguably the best running game in the league. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then for the Panthers, yeah, I, I've never, <laughs> I was no, I wasn't, I'm not going to be, be a believer now, especially uh uh, before week one, I wasn't. So yeah, I mean Christian McCaffrey, he didn't really do a ton in this no. one. He did score a touchdown, but uh, you know he didn't really get a, a ton of numbers uh, that you need for for the Panthers to be successful in this one. So um, DJ Moore also pretty disappointing. I mean yeah, Robbie DJ Anderson. Moore, that one that one's a little disappointing because yeah. he's had multiple thousand yard seasons with crap mm-hmm. quarterbacks. I know, <laughs> so. and I, I I believed in him this year. I mean, it, again, one game. I'm not totally going to give up on him, but it is uh it was disappointing showing for that Panthers offense. And um, you know Robbie Anderson that 75 yard touchdown was 
which is a big typical chunk Robbie. Of, yeah, it was <laughs> a big chunk of his we'll offensive do absolutely output. Nothing, and then he'll have a game where he'll just go off for this uh, a seventy-five yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, th- I was watching this game with a lot of Panthers fans. I was very much rooting for for the Panthers with them, but uh, did not have as happy of an ending as as my Steelers game did. So yeah. that was a a, of, that was a, a tough of, one. A lot of mm. games came down to a field goal. I know. <laughs> yeah, and it was crazy. A lot of missed field goals this week. I think it was like. 10 missed field goals in the fourth quarter in overtime. So I, I remember during the one o'clock slate, I I swear almost every game, the first half was kind of boring Yeah, because I was watching red zone and it was like not, not a lot was going on. But then all of a sudden when it got to the end of the one o'clock slate and every game was close, I'm it was an incredible the witching like, hour. Every, yeah. Uh, and I, I go to red zone and the, <laughs> and Scott Hansen's like, we gotta go to this game because this this guy's gonna kick the game winning field goal, and then we gotta go to this game, and it was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the one o'clock. So. Yeah, I was very much focusing on the Steelers, but I, I was able to watch. But a that few was other the craziest games. one, though. Oh, it the was. Steelers it was one. the craziest so. one. But it was like, okay, I need a break from this game. Let me see what's going on in Charlotte. Let's see what's going on in uh, Washington. Like, see what's happening in these other games. But yeah, um, you know, the the Browns pulled it out, and I guess so. I was so ready to say what I thought would be a unique hot take, and that is that the four kickers in the AFC North might be the greatest combination of kickers in NFL history. And then I was listening to another podcast thinking that literally two minutes later, one of the co-hosts said the exact same thing. And then all of a sudden I started seeing everywhere online. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not that unique and everyone feels the same way. And I, I was like, Cade York played one game. Yeah, he made a 58-year field goal. He's played one NFL game. It was a great kick, though. It was an awesome kick, yeah. And, and then and Evan Justin McPherson. Justin Tucker is obviously the greatest. Yeah, I mean, Justin Tucker, Chris Boswell have been doing it forever. Evan McPherson, first year was awesome. I know. He, I don't know what's really going to happen to his He really sucked in that game versus Green Bay uh, uh, last year, and then he sucked in this game, but that was because of the whole the, the yeah, snap. Yeah, I mean, the, snap the ball. It was, how hard is it to snap? Well, they, they, how, their long snap got hurt. How hard is it to... <laughs> I feel like it's easier than ever to to be a long snapper because you don't have to worry about blocking a guy. You uh, just all you gotta do just gotta snap it. I know, That's but again, their long snapper got hurt. They they're not used to doing it. They had to sign somebody. You can't have a backup long snapper or just have another guy just practice it. That's, that's I find that moronic. <laughs> that you, yeah, that, I, I, that. hey, I'm not gonna complain about that one. But yeah, that I mean that whole sequence is crazy all the people like there were people i was the only Steelers fan there and there were people like oh they're gonna block the kick i was like no they're not and then oh oh what if he what if they block i was the kick thinking again? it like, just that's because, not gonna happen <laughs> just because it's the Bengals. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the, the, the bungles for a reason but yeah anyway i do think that uh you know the kicking game could be pretty strong in the afc north this year if uh you know if if, if this Cade york guy is for real and mcpherson can figure out his problems but I, i'm still Obviously a little in Carolina, but Cleveland, I, I still think they'll finish last. But I do think that division, it's not going to be AFC West good, but I do think it's it's going to be competitive between all four of them. Mm-hmm. Where I think I think I think since Cincinnati and Baltimore will be the the top two, of course, having double digit wins, and then the Steelers and Browns, I I, I would have them at third and fourth, but I don't think they're going to be like at the the top of the draft uh, at all. I I I think they'll be in that. That's seven eight win range. Six, I mean, seven, last year's range, something like that. Last yeah. year, the Bengals won ten games, the Steelers won nine, Browns and Ravens won eight. So yeah, they so. they were very very close together, um, and I could definitely see that happening again this season in some way or another. You know, we'll see if one of these teams can put it all together and break from the pack. But I can certainly see that at this point. That I think all of these teams, 
after week one, I mean, the Bengals are in last place, and I think that they're a team that a lot of people think are the best in the division. So, you know, we'll see how everything plays out from here. But let's move on and stick with the NFC South, Saints and the Falcons. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, same old Falcons. Oh, 16 yeah. 16-point fourth quarter lead. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot, even though like, I don't have a strong rooting interest in the game, but the fact that the Falcons were up again big in the fourth quarter and then we're blowing it I was rooting for the the meltdown and that's exactly what happened and yeah same old Falcons no matter who's on the team yeah I and I came into this season very high on the Saints I wasn't necessarily picking them to make the Super Bowl but I thought that they were at least a dark horse in that and uh I wasn't feeling very good in that first half but Jameis did just enough in the second half I think 200 yards passing in the second half of that game and uh they they pulled it out (laughs) Somehow, I'm, so I'm high on the Saints too as a playoff. Team. I'm not as high as you on them. We're in winning division. Yeah, I mean, but, it, but, but I think yeah, I was feeding bold, off Kenny just being so down on them. But I was like, I'm exactly. gonna go for yeah. it. But but I do I do think they can get in as a seven seed. I I think they have plenty of talent. Again, especially around Jameis, where yeah, Jameis had his moments in this game. He he wasn't bad. He was he was pretty good. He but was they not got, they good got, in the first half, and he was right, very good in the had, second half. Exactly, and. They got plenty of talent around them, and mm-hmm. I know Kamara didn't play that well, but I'd imagine he'll still have a good year. Michael Thomas, that was probably the biggest surprise. But oh yeah, at the I mean, same he time got he's been touchdowns. at the same time there have been reports about him being healthy in training camp, and it sh- it showed in that game. And so it looks like Slant Boy is back. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean he's and, definitely a big X factor when it comes down to the uh, the Saints this year because they have the talent, but you know Chris Olave is a rookie, Jarvis Landry is. He's a slot receiver. Michael Thomas is going to be the guy that can make that offense go to the next level. So right. if he does return, he doesn't have to go back to 2019 breaking NFL records. Breaking NFL but, records of all these you know, but being uh, you know, a number one guy, yeah, yeah. I think that that can go a long way for the Saints team. But again, Jarvis Landry, 114 yards in this game. So you know, he was someone who I was like, I think he's the big impact new addition. I know you lean toward Alave, yeah, but I still if do, he can be too, that veteran pre- presence, then I think that just... All three of those guys. I still, I think of yeah, all three I still of lean them. with Olave being the more productive guy, but the fact that they have all three of them, Thomas, mm-hmm. Thomas uh, Olave, and uh, Jarvis Landry, and then along with Kamara in the running game, I, I, yep. I think that makes for a really good offense. For sure. And uh, <laughs> we got Taysom Hill as well. Yeah, Taysom uh, Hill. <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, that, that was funny seeing that touchdown. Like, yeah, he's still got it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously trolling that. He should be the starter. Like, yeah, Jameis. Even though he's not great, like, yeah, he's the better quarterback. But it's still funny anytime I see a taste of touchdown. Yeah, no, I I think he's great in that. And line him up a tight end now too. Uh, Swiss Army knife kind of player. He's a he's a five tool player. <laughs> he can run, throw, catch. Uh, wildcat <laughs> quarterback. Uh, <Yeah. laughs> and I guess while talking about quarterbacks, looking at the Falcons, Marcus Mariota was okay. He held his own. He made some plays in this one. Cordell Patterson, I think a lot of people were really down on him this year. I don't know if he's going to sustain this forever, but another strong start to his season. 120 rushing him, yards. I, I can still I can see him still having a strong year and I I guess the reason why is cuz the the Falcons don't have much uh in the backfield besides him and I remember thinking last year, okay, like he had a ridiculous game, but it's not going to happen again and then just kept happening. And then just kept happening for a long like, time. Oh, you know what? I'm, uh, I give up. Like he's he's going to be yeah. He's better in Atlanta than he was in New England because in New England, I don't. Think he, <laughs> he was a returner, I guess. He was uh-huh. good at that, but I don't. 
How come he couldn't su- succeed like this in New England? It, it is a crazy rebirth. Yeah, I I don't really understand it. I I don't know. It's crazy to me that the Falcons scored 26 points when Kyle Pitts had two catches for 19 yards. I mean, this, I think the Falcons' offense has some notable players. Like you can see them being competitive, but it's crazy to think that they no, could do that without finish. a big game from him. I still think they'll finish at the bottom. I I, uh, I would have them last in the division. No, I I, and, I do agree with that. I think that they blew a, a good chance to get off to a strong start, and it's uh I'm sure this won't be the last time we see them blow a lead this season, <laughs> assuming they get out to leads. So, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm sure they'll be in the running for for Bryce Young or CJ uh-huh. Stroud. CJ Stroud, yeah, yeah. I I do agree with that, and. Uh, Saints big test week two home opener against the Bucks. You know if that that'll be a, yeah that's that's a good test. But the Saints have always been good against Tampa. They have outside of the the one really meaningful game in the playoffs, yeah I mean the playoff in, in the Brady in the Brady uh, era I'm talking yeah uh, the the only real game that Tampa needed to win was that one at least so that's good. Uh, but at New Orleans has they've definitely been the better team in the regular season when they face each other. Yep. So, yeah. And, and then the the Bucks true. won't have. Uh, Godwin either. I'm, I'm jumping too far ahead, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll but, talk more about we'll the Bucks about later. later. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. For now, let's talk about um, two teams that I think had a lot of hype entering the season. One of them as a sneaky playoff team, like they can be competitive, and the other with um, you know legitimate, maybe not Super Bowl aspirations, but legitimate uh, playoff can go on a deep run if everything goes well. Eagles end up winning in a shootout over the Lions, thirty-eight to thirty-five. And Eagles' run game—I mean, that—that that was definitely a big story in this one. That four Miles different Sanders guys scoring touchdowns. a touchdown was breaking news. Yeah, right. I—I <laughs> I mean, we we it's talked that, a little bit. Even though about, he scored a touchdown, Hurts still scored. Gainwell, yep, Gainwell, Boston, and Boston Scott. Boston scored. Scott still scored. Uh, so, and AJ Brown was the biggest player of anyone on that offense 10 catches for 155 yards that's why you go out and get a guy like him and pay him big money and, i mean and he had most of that production in one half so yeah so, yeah, yeah. i mean the, the first half eagles you know they definitely i don't know if let off the gas is the right term but you know the lines made this one closer at the end not well, quite I, like that 49ers week one game last year but well as someone that bet eagles minus three and a half i can confirm that they took their foot off the gas so yeah i was not Uh, happy about that but but yeah the the eagles definitely show that they're i've i definitely think they're gonna win the division mm -hmm. and i think they can go on a run uh they did play the lions so i can't overreact they did they did but the lions i i do think that they can make again some noise but Mm -hmm. they are still the lions so it's don't want to re- overreact too much to that game, especially since last year they played each other and the Eagles won. It was like forty-four in a, to in a six. real blowout, forty-four yeah. to six, I think it was. So, uh-huh. so I guess no. Little, it, I think that this is like a classic Lions day. game where it's like, oh, you you come away like, oh, look at the final score. They kept it close, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, they scored a lot late. They made it look closer than it really was, and yeah. I could see them playing a lot of games like this throughout the season where. They're competitive, but you know, not quite competitive enough to really have a solid chance at winning the game. Yeah, I, I, I think the Eagles would be great, and then it is a little concerning that they that they defensively that the lines put up plenty of points. I mean, DeAndre Swift looked great. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, Jared Goff was okay. You know, he he made some plays, and then Amonra scored again. I, yeah, I think they, I think the they have be, talent, they have weapons, but I think the Eagles would be great still, and then. And, and and hopefully they're for them they're better defensively than they showed in that game. 
from an Eagles perspective, but for the Lions, I I think they'll still be fine, but I, I do think that I think people need to settle down the Lions <laughs> just because of the hard knocks thing uh-huh. and Dan Campbell being the man. <laughs> but Yeah, but they're I still a year at least away still. from from being like a legitimate team. Yeah, I, I, the Eagles it's all going to come down to Jalen Hurts in terms of how close they are to being not just a playoff team, but like a, a legitimate threat in the NFC and and develop you know, as he, a passer. Yeah, eighteen for thirty-two, two hundred forty-three yards. It's good, which is great, it's which, fine. Is, which is good, but uh, it's not great. A it's lot of that amazing. went to one guy. Yeah, exactly. He needs to do <laughs> a lot more. Devontae Smith had put up a donut in yep. that game. I know. I think that Smith needs to get involved more and. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's reasons to look at this Eagles team and say, okay, that was a good showing week one. We need to see a lot more, but there's reason to believe that you could see that much more out of them. And um, I, I do think that uh, your your NSC championship game take is, is still a bold prediction, but it's not an unrealistic one at all, um, even with this week one showing being maybe closer than you'd like. Right. I guess I'd feel better about the, <laughs> the Eagles than the Niners, <laughs> too. <but>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's stick in the NFC East and uh, Washington Commanders. Commander Carson, yeah, what a showing <laughs> for him! Just oh yeah, uh, MVP <laughs> this year, right? Yeah, just incredible. Uh, four touchdown passes, two of, picks in the middle of there, but of all the guys, of all the scrub quarterbacks that played well, I I believe Carson Wentz is the uh what's the word the fakest one where i don't believe yeah i, I don't still think believe that in sucks <laughs> i i'm and they played the, they did that against the jags and so which again another team that i think can make some noise this year but i still think they have a long way to go and 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 one still had yes okay he had a lot of his touchdowns but he still had still had multiple picks and, yeah he had well i think that's part of why i'm like oh i don't know this Wentz guy might actually have it figured out in washington it was the fact that he overcame and, those interceptions i was like ja- he's throwing ja- the game away yeah and ja- jacksonville was winning that game uh, late in the fourth quarter hey it was a jacksonville revenge game for him because we know what happened in uh week 18 last year so i'm sure that <laughs> felt right. good for him to <laughs> actually pull this one out get that uh revenge on them but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I don't think that Carson Wentz is going to be like an elite quarterback, you know, back to that MVP candidate ways. But if he's able to perform like this, if he's able to throw for 300 yards, throw some touchdowns, overcome mistakes, and Washington could maybe be uh, much better than we thought. You know, I still think that the Eagles are the best team in this division, but I can see a scenario where the Commanders have enough talent. I mean, we saw Curtis Samuel have a great game. I was going to say the Commanders do have year. some weapons on offense. Jahan Dotson, pretty solid uh, yeah, first Terry game McLaurin for him. Terry McLaurin is definitely their number one guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's always in for a good year. And then Jahan Dotson, I think, uh, has shot up the board in terms of offense, offensive rookie of the year. He was drafted 16th overall. Yeah, he's 16th overall. 16th he's like overall, the fifth so, wide receiver taken. So they certainly think highly of him. And then, yeah, Curtis Samuel had a, had a big week. Uh, as their third receiver, so and then and Antonio, Antonio Gibson, Gibson had a yeah he was their leading he got rusher the and starting leading receiver. job by default because the starting uh, guy got shot uh, yeah still which hopefully Brian Robinson can get well soon and hopefully I mean it sounds like he's gonna be back pretty quickly good, after those four which games which is fantastic to hear because uh, that's certainly a scary situation but yeah Antonio Gibson definitely produced in week one and yeah they do have they do have pieces on offense I, I'm still not high on Washington. Uh, for for the rest of the year, especially since their win came against Jacksonville. But I guess there's some promise 
Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's classic week one overreaction. Oh, Washington right. looks so good, and you're like, well, there was the Jaguars. But I I do think that they're a team that I didn't really pay much attention to this offseason and heading into the year, but I'm starting to be like, you know, maybe this is a team that you should actually pay attention to right. at this point. So that's kind of how I'm looking at them. And not necessarily saying, like, oh, this is a playoff team. Still need to see a lot more. Both sides of the ball. You know, defense was awesome in 2020. Not very good in 2021. Not very good at all in 2021. And they don't have Chase Young right now. Too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, he needs to they, get back healthy, get back playing to that rookie season if, level. If they were to get him back and they have a good record when they get him back, then maybe, yeah, watch out. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, part of it is also just, you know, this this division is a weird division right now. Oh, so. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, the conference as a whole is a weird conference. But, yeah, yeah I mean, definitely a solid win. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, I, I still think he's going to be solid this year, but... It wasn't the best I, I, showing I think, for him. I think he'll bounce back from last year, but yeah, it is a little concerning that he he still didn't play that great. It is. I mean, good for James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I mean, well, I Travis Etienne look, also dropped the pass on fourth. He down. did. I know that was that was a tough one, but I mean, I think they both look like okay. This could be a solid, you know, one-two duo if everything can come together. But it, it is a lot of like a okay, there's potential in Jacksonville right now, but we, we still need to see it all come together. And, right. yeah, I mean, I, I think early on it was uh, they're not going to do it. Like, Doug Peterson's not going to fix Trevor Lawrence overnight. And then, oh, maybe they're actually going to pull it a win. In the end, didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel better about my relative highness on Jacksonville after week one this year than I did last year, at the very least. So I so, I so want wanted to and I still might uh say Jacksonville over a, another team that we'll get to later <laughs> you know I mean I I think that you could uh argue that they're gonna finish ahead of oh what really about, any what team about, in this what about my bold take last but, year every single team would be under 500 so far no team has a win through one <laughs> week and uh you know they're just really saying something considered two of those teams played each other the the Colts and the Texans and it's incredible yeah. this is so I think that it's easy to kind of look at a tie and say like who won the tie you know who is this tie better for or who lost it more and I think that if you set at you know 102 the Colts and the Texans tied you'd be like oh Good for the Texans, bad for the Colts. But the fact that the Texans are up twenty to three in this game and tied twenty to twenty, this is just a loss for both of these teams. You know, the Colts good on them rallying, but really slow start. And you're uh you might have been just a year or two yeah, early, a year on, early that, that on that take. one. But uh yeah, for the for the Colts, uh look, yeah, I I am high on them in that division. Let me just mm-hmm. phrase that. In the division, not overall in the as a team that can go on a run but i am high on the colts to win the division but they do suck week one i swear every they haven't they have the longest we didn't talk about the browns won on week one for the first time since 2004 now the colts have the longest week one losing streak 2013 right yeah browns oh 16 and one uh their last 17 uh, until until sunday but yeah the colts they stink week one and they lost to jacksonville week one last year and then they no, they, two years ago they lost to Jacksonville week one, oh, two and then years the Jaguars ago, so. lost fifteen in a row after that. Oh, okay, my apologies. Uh-huh. Two years ago, but yeah, then they then they okay they didn't lose, but they tied the Texans. And after week eighteen, Chargers Raiders, I'm all about ties now. Just the possibilities <laughs> about uh-huh. what a tie could mean. We've but, gotten a lot of week one ties to, yeah. in recent years too. But the 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 
the Colts and the Texans, a division that is just not very good, then I don't. I think the tie is kind of meaningless. See, if the Bengals and Steelers tie, then that could really be juicy. Oh, that could be oh because huge because that's a uh-huh. that's a good division and that could actually mean something in Week 18. But for this division, it's just who can win out of these crappy teams. And yeah, I mean it's it was a tough Week One showing for the the Colts, that's for sure. And I I do think that they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to play better. But Matt Ryan four fumbles. He's got to be able to protect yeah, the ball. Protect I know he only the, lost one of them, but still, you got to protect the ball better. And you know another thing to add: uh, the Colts not only do they suck Week One, but Matt Ryan playing at Houston. I don't know if you remember the Super Bowl Fifty One location, but oh, it was that at was Houston. In Houston. <laughs> and yeah. I'd imagine maybe there's some jitters playing that stadium. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I I don't know. What his, for a his team, performances other times. Yeah, I think that's maybe more of it was. Uh, just his Colts debut. But yeah, I mean, heading into the season, I wasn't totally high on Matt Ryan with the Colts. I thought that he could be solid, but I wasn't ready to believe that like he was going to be that much of an upgrade over Carson once. And it's only one game, but I don't know. He threw for 352 yards. He led a nice comeback. He kept them in this game and got him to overtime, gave him a chance to win before Blankenship, who's now no longer on the Colts. Missed yeah, what a shame. He was goal. a legend at, at uh, uh, Georgia and then some years with the Colts, but he, yeah, you can't, you can't miss a game winning 42 yard field goal and kick the ball out of bounds twice. That's not going to come. Yeah. I mean, scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter should be enough to beat the Texans like that. There's just a way too slow of a start for this Colts team. And yeah, I mean, when I look at the other side with Houston, you know, this feels like a game that they should have came away with a win. And I, I think that part of the reason why I wasn't super high on the Texans this year was because I, these feel so similar to last year's team where they have enough veterans that you're like, okay, they can be frisky, maybe be competitive in games, but in the end, they're going to not win them. You know, Maybe they won't tie every time, but I think that if they play 10 one-possession games, they'll go like 3-6-1. six And one. And you know, you'll look at them and be like, oh, this team is kind of okay. Like They put up a good fight against a playoff contender, but they, I just, I don't know. I think part of it is I don't believe in Davis Mills as much as some people oh, He's not a long-term option. I just think he... Just the the fact that the Texans were in the situation they were in last year, not having Watson at all and having the roster that they had, it, I, I was surprised by how I don't want to say amazing, but he he was pretty good. The, he Davis held Mills. his own. No, he, he definitely held his did. own, uh-huh. given the, his situation with the Texans situation with Watson, but also the roster around him is just not very good. And so yeah, and he was better than Trevor Lawrence. He was better than Justin Fields, but I don't think that he's more talented than those no, guys and i think that not. it's only a matter of time before he's he kind of fades out exactly he's he he's shown uh that he can be uh, a quarterback in the league but he, he at some point at some point it's gonna he's not gonna be the option in houston mm-hmm. and he'll probably be a backup somewhere else whether that's in houston or another team yeah yeah i mean i, I think career backup is more the uh the trajectory for him and um i mean in this game yeah they got a good lead but he wasn't really able to do anything in crunch time when it mattered most so uh also shout out oj howard <laughs> two yeah. two touchdowns i was like okay so is he just gonna finally resurrect his career in houston i also just noticed now that he only had two catches in this game they were both uh, touchdowns I, I remember uh seeing eight when the when i got the alert that he scored a touchdown i i knew that he was in buffalo for uh for a five seconds and then he got cut but i uh-huh. didn't know he was on houston until he scored a touchdown yeah right and then all of a sudden i, I, I forgot got the alert that, that he scored another touchdown i was like did did i just get the same notification twice by accident or like no he actually scored again yep. like wow mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, good good for him. So, um, real quickly, who had the better almost victory this weekend? The Houston Texans or the Texas Longhorns? Ah, oh, that was so <laughs> crushing. I don't want. I don't. I, you know me. I don't really watch college football, but I'll watch if it's a a close game uh, that involves a a possible big upset. And I was obviously pulling for Texas, and there was a moment where I'm thinking, "Wow, they're going to win this game," but then. The, the the most crushing play was that third down in the fourth quarter when Tex, uh, whoever was on Texas, he had a wide open uh, sack on Bryce uh, Bryce Young, but then all of a sudden he, yeah, in the end he dodged him and then he mm. ran for, scrambled for 20 yards. Oh, no, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There that, was, yes, that was the yes, game right there. Uh, I mean, that was Bryce Young's Heisman moment in a way. I mean, he he wasn't great in that game. But. I had some, I had some, yeah, oh, he was terrible in the first half. Uh-huh. I didn't watch, I didn't watch. Yeah, I mean, I was half. watching the South Carolina game. I watched more. So of the I wasn't really half. focusing on it. the The first play I watched in the second half was the could have been potentially the dumbest call in the history of college football. When, yeah, uh, should have been a, a safety, but they called it a uh, roughing the passer. Still have no idea how. But yeah, you texted me just like a like a football emoji and like a, was, an annoyed face, and I was, it was like, the st- in the moment. I at assumed the time, something happened until they reversed then, it. It was uh, the stupidest call I've ever seen. Where it's like, yeah. wow, oh great, they got a safety, but. And then obviously they call it roughing the passer, and even the announcers are losing it. Like he barely touched them. <laughs> and and then Nick Saban got pissed about the, the the, the long. The, yeah, the, the the horns down. I, saw, I love I, I horns down. I it's I'm not a so fan mad. of Texas. Like, what he's getting mad about. Then all of a sudden I see all these Alabama players leaving the locker room. And they're all going like this to the fans. Yeah. So, I guess. I guess Texas would be the right answer, not Houston, the the Texas Longhorns. But they lost the and they're still ranked. <laughs> they went yeah, from exactly. unranked to number twenty one. Just that's well, weren't they? So they were they were unranked, but weren't they like on, on the bubble? Yeah, I mean they game? were high. They yeah they they weren't in top twenty five, but they were probably top thirty ish. So still but still still impressive to go from a a loss as an unranked team to being to, ranked. to being ranked. Yeah, I think I saw stats. The first time it's happened since 1997. So, but yeah, so that'll be my college football watching experience for <laughs> for the month at least. Yeah, for for yeah. the month. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I won't watch another one until until they're like two really high highly ranked teams that are playing each other again. Yeah, I don't know. You're missing out. It's a fun way to <laughs> occupy your Saturdays. <laughs> um. All right, let's uh move on and, you know. The Kansas City Chiefs this season, I think there was a lot of questions about how good their offense could be. Losing Tyreek Hill, bringing in a bunch of different receivers to try to replace him, and the uh, you know week one, I think the easy reaction is Chiefs are going to be just fine without Tyreek yeah, Hill. The, yeah, the Chiefs will still be really easy. Good. Overreaction is the Chiefs are even better without him. <laughs> People have made that take that it is, it's because Tyreek is now no longer in Kansas City, that'll force Mahomes to spread it out more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Kelsey had a touchdown. Uh, Ceh had two touchdowns, and then yeah, Michael Hardman. And Mahomes Mahomes threw for five touchdowns in this game. Thirty six or thirty for thirty nine, three hundred sixty yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think a lot of it has to do with the Cardinals being banged up on defense. Oh, the, the Cardinals blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, an easy way to put it for that Cardinals team. But I, I do think that the Chiefs' offense is still going to be explosive. I mean, they picked them to win the division because I was like, they still have Patrick Mahomes, they still have Travis Kelsey, and I believed in their other receivers, but 
I mean, I did not expect a 44-point showing I, in week one like this. Yeah, I obviously didn't pick them to win the division, but I do think they'll be one of the best wildcard teams ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's... Uh, it, they, they're still going to find a way. I mean, Andy Reid as well. And I think it's kind of crazy to say that they're a better team without Tyree Kill. Like, it's an addition by subtraction thing. I think a lot of it has to do with them but bringing in different guys. But They don't have an elite receiver. I mean, unless we count Kelsey. They don't have an elite wide receiver, but they do have a lot of solid. Yeah, they have a lot good of good depth. And I think that, that was something that they were missing last year. And I, I agree where it's like, they might not be as explosive without Tyreek Hill. You could say Hill, Hardman but they're probably went more down the depth chart, even <laughs> yeah. though even though there's no Tyreek. You could say McCall Hardman went down the depth chart because of they brought in Juju, uh, Valdez, Scantling, and, and Sky drafted Moore, Sky Moore and in dra- the second drafted round. Drafted Sky Moore, right? Mm-hmm. So, and even though MVS and Sky Moore weren't really productive whatsoever, I'd imagine that they'll still be involved more in the offense. And yes, Kelsey will be the the guy at the the most targeted guy, and then Juju second, but I still think they have plenty of options on offense. And it's not even just those receivers. They have they have multiple, they have three running backs that are all guys uh, you can count on on their offense. So if, yeah, I mean, yes, Edwards Hilaire has it. He's been kind of a bust uh, being thir- picked 32nd overall with Jonathan Taylor still on the board, but who knows, maybe he's in for a bounce back season. And then Jarek uh, McKinnon, he's, he's pretty good. He's been around and, long enough. Yeah, and then Pacheco, there are a lot of positive reports on him in the pre- in training camp in the preseason, and he got his touchdown late. But being a speedy maybe. player on the Chiefs who wears number ten is it was it gonna, was a little weird. It's gonna bump your 10. sock up so much. So it was weird seeing him wearing number ten, uh, almost as weird as Sky Moore wearing number twenty four as a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I do think that the Chiefs are going to be. You know, just fine and on offense. They're not going to score forty-four points every week, but they're they still. I they're I don't think it's going to be like last year. We're like, whoa, what happened to the Chiefs? Like, why do they suck? Um, which we were wondering for most there, of there September, were, there were, October, into November. There were a lot of points last year where, even though they were winning most 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 of their games, there were still times where it's like, what's up with this team? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was offense. very weird. It's like they're better on defense than on offense. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I still think, I mean, their defense is, is good enough, especially when their offense is putting up numbers like this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, not to go back to college, but uh, what college team is Cliff Kingsbury going to be the OC for next year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go to Alabama. Not, not Texas Tech, Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> Him and Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I mean, I, their offense and blowing it. Yeah, I, you know, the the Cardinals. This was a game where I wanted to see the Chiefs win this one. You know, I felt better about my my Chiefs takes heading into the season. I was glad to see them come out and put up some points. But the, the Cardinals, you know, I I still think there's a scenario where they rattle off some wins against a tougher or an easier schedule in a few weeks. But this is not a strong showing for this team. And I know injuries are a factor, but. It's uh, it's easy to be really down on Arizona right now. Yeah, you're not gonna beat a team that has an offense like Kansas City does, and also not study film uh, on the opposing defense. That's that's a it, combination it, for ultimate disaster. Hey, look, it was double XP weekend. You know, Kyler had an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Also, James Conner finding a way to score a touchdown. Ten carries, twenty-six yards, one touchdown. That's just like a classic James Conner. Classic line. James Conner game. Where yeah, love no that. No matter what he does, he's gonna score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean Arizona, just not not really a whole lot of good things you can say about them right oh, now. I'm, I'm obviously down. On <laughs> Greg, Greg Dorch. They all right. He's their leading receiver. I I love the name, but yeah, I think that. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough year for the Cardinals, and they play the Raiders next week. You know, they play the I think the Rams after that. So zero three is even, definitely hey, a possibility. Even though both those teams lost week one, and they they have their question marks, uh, I, I I like both those teams more than Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hey, I guess you know, like you said, the speaking easiest way of, to avoid a collapse speak, is speak. to well, the yeah. easiest way to avoid a collapse is to not start off solid anyway but yes you're right speaking of the Raiders uh Chargers Raiders big game between the two of us and uh Chargers defense looks really good and uh that's all I'm gonna say I think that they were the best unit on the field in this game and Derek Carr should not be worried he's he just played a really good defense, and I'm not terrified there were there were a couple (laughs) passes in that game where I was thinking geez what Uh, what was he uh he, yeah. had, he had some throws that were not good. Derek yeah, Carr. I d- did not love his performance in this one. No. And, uh, I, I mean, you know, Cleo Mack, three sacks. So, you know, any questions about him? And, you know, I'm, I'm one about, feels, I'm yeah. feeling good about their defense because uh, that was what held them back, uh, the Chargers. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, Derek Carr didn't perform. Even though Devontae went off. Yeah, oh, Adams had a great game. Now I'm wondering, okay, is this just going to be like Green Bay last year where it's just Carr's just going to force the ball to Adams every time and no one else is going to touch it? I mean, Darren Waller, he Dar- did Darren end up Waller a few, just a few catches. Yeah, I mean, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro but... had six targets each. Adams had 17. <laughs> and then Brandon Bolden had two. Like the, I think that, that Carr and Adams connection can be very special, but – Part of it being special relies on some of those other guys also being yeah, yeah, threats to catch the ball. They have a good trio. I'd rather have Waller and Renfro as my next two best targets than who were who the next two best targets uh, on Green Bay? Was it Lazard and MVS? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, I, I, definitely I, I, a drop-off there. I think it's a drop-off. <laughs> so... In other words, yeah, you gotta you gotta spread it around more. But you can't treat you can't treat them like they're Alan Lazard and Marcus Valdez Scantling. You gotta treat them like the tight end that you just paid a huge money contract extension to, and the wide receiver that you just paid a huge money contract extension to. So yeah, so even though Devontae is the clear best option, those other two guys should definitely be involved more in the offense. And yeah, Carr Carr just had multiple throws in that game where it just that was. Multiple uh, multiple throws in that game. Just brutal, brutal. Yeah, and on the flip side, Justin Herbert had no problem spreading around the ball. <laughs> no charger <laughs> yeah. had more than Mike, four targets. Well, Keenan Allen got hurt, but Mike Williams barely did anything. Uh-huh. Josh Palmer, three catches, five yards. <laughs> and yeah. Then, I mean, but even so, the, the, there were touchdowns in that game where, well, Gerald, Gerald Everett scored, and I think he'll be in for a good year. But who who was the uh, – do you, do you recall the, the first touchdown? Who, who DeAndre who? Carter. Or Xander Horvath? Yeah. Who the heck is that guy? <laughs> I've never heard of them. Like, I, I haven't heard of a lot of these guys on the uh, the Chargers receiving box score. But they they clearly have weapons, and Herbert's able to do enough. I think that this is a game that the Raiders definitely had a solid chance to win because the you know the Chargers oh, there, offense there is was, good enough. There was a but... point in that game where I was thinking, oh, God, the Chargers going to blow it uh-huh. again. And then... 
And they also had another fourth down that they did not convert. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I mean, the, everything was there, but, you know, apparently the Chargers did figure it out. They found a way to not, you know, blow games that they, they shouldn't. So um, I'm looking forward to the, the KC uh, Chargers game. Yeah, that should be a really fun fun week, Cause, too. Because one will be really Amazon fun Prime with all game. the weapons that both teams have, but it's also just a reminder of what happened in the Thursday night game last year. And we'll see if. We'll see if things turn differently for the Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, especially coaching-wise, uh, especially on fourth downs. Yeah, I mean, it would be really impressive for them to start the season 2-0 and with victories in the division over right. the Raiders and the and then the Chiefs on the road, especially, on a short yeah. week. So, But, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that the uh, – like, look – I recognize the Chargers have a lot of talent. I don't think that they're going to be like a six and eleven football team. I they're, just think that this is a really talented division, and they're a team that has historically a bad, bad juju about them. And yeah, uh, the, the ghost of uh, Nate Cading, uh, <laughs> yeah, the ghost them of Nate Cading, ghost of Marty Schottenheimer, ghost of Ladanian Tomlinson. That team was so good. Speaking of loaded Chargers teams, that team should have won it all. That team was loaded. Just yeah, and, <laughs> and they blow it. Yeah, so I, you know, if they if they can survive this, you know, given not just you know how good they are, but how good other teams are around them, and they can actually win this division, then I will declare whatever curse has held back the Chargers for the last however many decades over. But it's totally fair. You know, it. that's one thing is week one last year, uh, or even just like early, they started four and one last year, not. Not gonna let one game be like, oh, the Chargers are they're totally like, yes, they are the team to beat in the AFC, uh, or at least in the West. But oh, even though I'm picking the Chargers, of course, I I, I still think Buffalo is that team. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, they still got to get past the Chiefs. They got to get past Buffalo. But mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, but yeah, no, good good start for the Chargers. And yeah, that, I mean, that Raiders Cardinals game that that becomes a huge week too, uh, between two teams that. Relatively disappointed in the first week. For sure. Um, speaking of relatively disappointed, uh, the <laughs> Tennessee Titans, you know, follow the trend of other AFC South teams and did not come up with a win. Despite jumping up to a 13 nothing halftime lead, feeling like they had a ton of chances to put this game away, they end up losing to Brian Dable, Daniel Jones, and the New York Giants 21-20 in uh Really, really tough. I I know the Giants were the team that won and, of course, hate them for the Super Bowls, but I still enjoyed that win just because I'm... I know you did. I'm so, so so low on Tennessee. At some point, it's going to... I can't believe, cannot believe they were a one seed last year, and at some point, they're going to come crashing back down and not be good, and especially Tannehill. Well, Tannehill was actually okay in this game. He Uh, was. He was okay. I mean, he didn't really do... A ton of great things, but he didn't really do a lot of he bad didn't do anything stuff. That, like to, to really, like really lose them that game. So yeah, he was fine, but it it was just was funny the way that they lost that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it... and then for the Giants' sake, it shows you how good they can be when they actually have an actual head coach. <laughs> yeah, actual head <laughs> to, coach. To coach their team. And yeah, I mean, I think that Brian Dable that great debut from him you know not just being able to win this game, but going for two there. Going for I think two that down was a one, really solid uh, to win move the on game. his part. And then also, we saw when Daniel Jones was messing up, he he would go to him on the sidelines, and it, he wasn't like yelling at him, like mm-hmm. blaming everything on him. But he it was, it was I'd imagine 
there was some constructive criticism on the side. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think that there was a, a lot of reasons to feel good about the Brian Dable hire and potentially fixing Daniel Jones because we saw what he was able to do in Buffalo with Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, I, Daniel Jones is probably not going to, to reach that Josh not, Allen ceiling. But, it, but 17 for 21. I mean, he, he did throw a pick. He only threw for 188 yards. He got sacked five times. But... He threw an interception in the red zone, which should have sealed the game, and yet he got another chance, and he made the most of it. And he led them on what ended up being the game-winning touchdown drive. So I think that there's a lot of reasons to believe that, okay, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe Daniel Jones has his coach who's going to fix him. At the same time, it could also just be, uh, well, now we're just going to end up stuck with Daniel Jones for being good enough instead of being able to rip off the Band-Aid. So I don't know how you look at that from the Giants fan perspective. I can see it going either way because it could be be like Miami with Tua where Daniel Jones, okay, he has his moments, but not the long-term option. But I want to see, like Miami with under Mike McDaniel with Tua, I want to see for one year what it looks like under Brian Dayball uh, with, with Daniel Jones uh, being drafted as highly as he was like to uh, mm-hmm. not showing a lot, but with, stuck with Joe Judge. I just, I can't get over that part. That's why I, I haven't given up completely on, on, on Daniel Jones, even though he, he hasn't been very good. Yeah. I've, just, I've always seen enough promise from him. I think a lot of people were too quick to give up on him, but he, uh, he's got speed. He can, he can, he definitely could be a runner. Remember that game versus the, the Eagles? <laughs> the Eagles? The, yeah, that was, was the most Daniel Jones just moment ever. Of that. Uh, yeah, th- running for 70-plus yards and then all of a sudden stumbling just over. Himself. Tripping over himself, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, speaking of running wild, Saquon Barkley might be back. Oh, yeah, he's definitely back. Yeah, 164 sure. yards in this one. So, Yeah, he's he's definitely back. and I, I It's an overreaction. It's just one game, and maybe we'll get banged up later in the year, especially being a – a running back, but he definitely looked he he looked good. He looked yeah, really he, he good. looked awesome. I I hope he stays healthy. I hope he continues to perform at a high level because he is an exciting player to watch. Even going back to his days at Penn State, and so. even though he was way overdrafted, he's still still fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, injuries were always the issue with him. It wasn't a talent part. It was just being you know constantly going down with these major injuries. And it would be nice to see him stay healthy and continue to put on a show like he did in this first game. Um, yeah, and then I guess the Titans, you know, as as much as we can say Tannehill wasn't horrible, uh, you know, played okay in this one. He's definitely missing a number one receiver. And oh yeah, yeah, AJ Brown. Like, you know, th- seeing AJ Brown go off against the Eagles and then seeing the Titans look like this, it can't feel good from Titans fans' perspective. That, yeah, that's why I went with Traylon Burks as the new addition that can make the biggest impact, whether it's positive or negative, because. Because they're gonna, they have to rely on him. They don't have any. They have Kyle Phillips and Westbrook. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that last name. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ekine, I think. Ekine, whatever. Yeah, the, Dontrell the, the, Hilliard those are their two options. receiving touchdowns as a running back. I mean, they, yeah, they're yeah, Dontrell, uh, yeah, Hilliard, yeah, getting a couple of touchdowns, and then yeah, Derrick Henry, eighty-two yards rushing on twenty-one yeah. carries, not spectacular. At some point him. for him, it's gonna like like the Titans. At some point for him. I'd imagine he'll decline at some point. And last year, he probably shouldn't have came back for the comeback for, but it was a playoff game, so how mm. can you not? But yeah, exactly. He was yeah. out for two months and was rusty. And I'm curious how his outlook will be for the rest of this year, for his production, if if uh, if he can turn it around, or if this is the sign that 
it's going to start to decline for him. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I've been prepared for it for a while. It hasn't yeah, happened. I've, I've convinced myself that it's still not going to, but, you know, his his first week, yeah, not not a great showing um, by the, the previous standards, the high standards he set for himself. Right. So definitely could finally be that decline. So, and uh, I guess speaking of decline, the uh, Packers receiver room is – not as good as it used to be. What happened there? Uh, it, Christian Washington dropped a <laughs> perfect deep ball by Rogers, and, and that was a, pretty that much was summed up the rest of the game yeah. for for Green Bay. That just wasn't wasn't good. At, it was just a downhill after that too. Because mm-hmm. they're getting nothing uh, from they're not getting nothing from those receivers. And even though it's unfair, they have no choice but to throw those guys into the fire. Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and Alan Lazard was hurt, so I guess that game ain't thrown in yet. But I'd imagine he'll come back at some point. And yeah, it's, I don't like that receiver room at all. I I, I would they should have gotten some sort of veteran receiver with training That's not one, Sammy signing Watkins. one, whatever, whoever it is. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, well, not I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but someone. No, I agree. That, I agree. They should have gotten someone better than Sammy Watkins. As I'll even take receiver. Will Fuller at this point. I know uh-huh. I know he gets hurt a lot, but I think he'd be better than any of the options that they have on their team. Yeah, I mean, their, their offense did not look great at all in this one. No. And I think you know, you have to give some credit to the Vikings defense. Uh, you know, that was a big concern for me coming into the year, and I thought that they played well in this game. I mean, it, Offensively, it was Offense was, yeah. I mean, the the Kevin O'Connell factor, uh, week one, definitely a solid showing. Uh, whether or not Kirk Cousins is a, a new quarterback entirely, I don't know, but he definitely played well, and Justin Jefferson is uh, oh, very Justin much Jefferson, in the conversation th- for best receiver in the league at this I th- point. I think he's going to be, I, I kind of said it when we talked about the North, but I, I, think, I think he's got a real case for offensive player of the year mm-hmm. because I, I think they're going to, O'Connell's going to, use Jefferson a lot like Cup in in a lot of motions and specifically getting the ball to him uh at most most times. So I think And they should do that. I mean their their number two receiver is Adam Thielen. He's getting up there in age at this point. Yeah. You know, Irv Smith, their top tight end coming off an injury and And he uh, did nothing in that game. Yeah. So I think that so Justin even though offensively they were great, it really was just Jefferson. Cousins and, and Jefferson being anything close to Stafford and Cup definitely makes the Vikings not just like a playoff contender I don't think but it'll be that threat. good because that was No, ridiculous. I mean that, yeah, the, but I do uh, think there's some potential like like Stafford and Cup where the Vikings can be a playoff team this year. Yeah, and they can be like a duo. somewhat scary team in the NFC. Right. Uh if they can really get the offense going and, you know, continue to see solid showing from the defense. Um in terms of the Packers, look, we saw week 1 last year just absolutely pathetic against the saints and then they won what like seven or eight games in a row yeah, so and then, then rogers won mvp again yeah so i don't i don't i don't think even though it potentially be wrong like twice i gave up on him last year after one yeah, week and, and I, I looked like an idiot so i'm not going to do that again but mm-hmm. hey i mean packers I Bears, sunday night football week two like I'm, <laughs> I'm not pressing the panic button yet or i got on green bay but like they, they play they play chicago on sunday night and they're I'd imagine that that is. I mean, that is panic button time if they lose to the Bears. Right, (laughs) then it's really panic time, panic button time. But I, I, I think they'll be fine in terms of winning double digit games, making the playoffs. But I'm not on Green Bay whatsoever as a true contender. 
And I, I, and I thought that from the beginning, even before this. I honestly, I came in to this year, you know, at least into the month of August, like really thinking like, you know what? I think that this might be the year that the Packers put it all together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. I, I think it's easy to question when uh, you lose Devontae Adams and don't really replace him. But that that first week showing was not good. And it's hard to imagine and I think that it's this, gonna... this offense getting significantly better to be to the point where they used to be. And it clearly got to Rodgers. You saw the body oh, yeah. he had rolling uh, his eyes and and probably throwing this, his receivers under the bus and maybe rightfully so but at the same time that's there's already that built-in excuse of mm-hmm. oh we don't have Devonte like who do I have to throw to now it's yeah just- no and again I I still look at uh you know the personality of Aaron Rodgers as a, a big concern no, and a factor here that's definitely so. a big factor for sure yeah and I mean so their upcoming schedule they play the Bucks in week three Bears Patriots Giants in London Jets all of those are Home games Outside of the or box, neutral those are, game. Those are pretty easy games. So. And then at Washington before having to go to Buffalo the na- night before Halloween. So if they go so into that Bills Buffalo game. Outside Buffalo and Tampa, the, the, those other, all those other games are winnable games. For yeah, them. very much winnable games. I mean, those are those two are, you know, they're going to be tough ones. And we'll see how they're, they're looking come that Buffalo game. But, uh, you know, there, there's certainly an opportunity for them to get right and an opportunity for uh, things I, they just totally fall apart. I, I like Aaron Jones a lot, but if he's your best receiver, <laughs> I don't I don't feel good about that. Yeah. I know he's a running back, but I really do think he's their actual best pass catcher. And unless if your offense has McCaffrey or prime Ladanian Tomlinson, I, I I don't I wouldn't feel good about having a running back as your best pass catcher. No, I agree with that, and I I think that the Packers defense is still going to be really good. You know, I know that Justin Jefferson had his way with them, but. Their uh their defense is definitely gonna have to be the the reason. No, that they have to win games uh, defensively. Yeah, like sure. that if they're gonna win the and be like the same Packers we've been used to these past few years, it's gonna be because of the defense. Right. So, uh, all right, we're getting close. Just a couple more games left, and uh, let's talk about. I don't know. Is this the most boring game of the weekend? Right, oh. Sunday night football. Excited for Bucks Cowboys. Waiting all year for a Sunday night. Just not oh, not that was fun to watch brutal. at all. I went to bed at halftime. I was like, I'm I should not have gone though. to bed at halftime. <laughs> I did not, and I regret it because that was that was the most boring Sunday night game, or biggest letdown of a Sunday night game. Yeah, I mean, I Cowboys think that, Tom Brady. You think, oh my god, this is gonna be such a shootout? Especially last go. year, how great that opening night game was, and then yeah. to come out the Cowboys 14 play field goal drive, nothing from there. Bucks. I mean, they had a bunch of drives, and then they kicked five field goals in the first half. Couldn't get into the end zone, and uh, you know, finally did score a touchdown to make it nineteen to three in the second half. But I mean, this is the kind of game where overreaction. Mike McCarthy, his days are numbered at this point. You know, whether Jerry Jones actually fires him midseason, it depends how bad things go. But with Dak Prescott hurt, I mean, Cowboys are done, right? And, like the- uh, so. <laughs> Throughout this episode, pretty much every team, whether they won or lost, I try to come, you know, just keep it cool. You know, it's a long season. Or uh-huh. uh, let, let's see how it plays out in the next week or two or whatever. Cowboys, it's over. It's, it's over. It's over. It is it's over. <laughs> I was not high on them uh, coming into the year. I didn't have them in the playoffs, just like Will. But now I really, really don't at all. But especially with not just. Not just the way they looked in that game, but now Dak is out for two months. Yeah, I mean, even with Dak, it's like they have CeeDee Lamb, they have Dalton Schultz, and 
I mean, Noah Brown's Noah the next Brown's best target. The next like you're best forcing target? balls yeah. to Noah Brown and throwing ugly interceptions. I can't imagine that Cooper Rush is going to come in and make this offense look any better. Ezekiel yeah, Elliott true, true. enters this year under a ton of pressure, and uh, I mean, at this point, I think his his days in Dallas are pretty yeah, much I, over. The, so. the fact that they, I know Amari was overpaid and didn't produce last year, but the fact that they traded him and didn't really replace him, and they still That's have the their big thing oh, didn't they have their him. way overpaid running back Ezekiel Elliott still on their team when you could say Tony Pollard could be a starter on a lot of teams. The thing is, they have the money too. Like you look at the Cowboys as this like rich team, one of the the biggest sneaky cheap. Yeah, they're like they're like a Forbes top of the line, and th- who's their number two receiver? Like the fact that they don't have a legitimate guy, and I get wanting to move on from Amari Cooper when you factor in his play with his contract, but but not there's to no not reason replace not him to at replace all him. is absurd. Yeah, and I mean at this point, waiting on Odell Beckham in December is not. The solution for this team so especially since he was wearing he was at the la game uh versus uh-huh. buffalo and he was wearing blue and yellow and it's like yeah it's probably in- inevitable that he's gonna go back to la but yeah or to yeah. the bills and it sounds like he's oh, pretty, true yeah pretty high on them but <laughs> yeah i don't think he'll want anything to do with like a three another team Cowboys that will team. fuller could go to <laughs> dallas true yeah but I mean, at the uh, same time now why would you go if it's cooper rush now and yeah and you know what we were so I think that when you looked at those four NFC East quarterbacks, who's under the most pressure, it was easy to say, well, Daniel Jones is in the last year of his contract. Carson Wentz is on his third chance. Jalen Hurts has a superstar team around him. If he can't put it together, then that's a bad look. And just not talk about Dak Prescott. But Dak's out six to eight weeks, presumably. They're not throwing him on IR. I don't know if they think he's going to come back sooner. But if the Cowboys are really, really bad this year, and he's not able to turn things around. Is it that crazy to think that they would just go toward a rebuild? Like I know his contract is not easy to move, I could, but that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's got to be something that you have to already be thinking about. It's crazy to be saying that after just one game, and the, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is the easiest team to overreact the, to, but this is that's the, already the where team we're at. That I will overreact to the most. Uh-huh. It's over for Dallas. It is. At least, I mean, at it, least if uh, Dak were healthy and they just had the worst game ever, it's like, oh, well, okay, well, I'm not. I'm still low on Dallas, and I don't think they'll make it, but they won't be as bad as they were in that game. But now without Dak for two months, oh, it's forget it. it. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's I sad I to see. I am amazed that people had. You know, just random people had Dallas as still a team that could make a deep run when they didn't replace Amari, and they lost Tyron Smith at left tackle for basically the year. And they yeah, I mean, have, at this point, it's probably it, hard to see him. Dak didn't back, play so. well, but he did, he had no help and no time in the pocket. Oh, I know it was bad. I mean, the the I offense felt bad just, for him in that yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. And it's one of those things where it's like, what are you doing? You're throwing in triple coverage to Noah Brown, but that's all he could do and Ryan Clark was making a joke that uh um what's his name uh Antoine Winfield Jr. intercepted a pass intended to Carlton Davis <laughs> on that throw it's like I mean that's basically what it looked like and uh yeah really really tough to see and and, and, um, and McCarthy's days are numbered yeah I mean at this point they it, were numbered seems, last year <laughs> yeah I mean coming into the year he definitely had one of the hottest seats I think it's really only a question of how soon before he's done in Dallas because it took a while for Jason Garrett to get let go. So it did. It took a while for Jason Garrett. If I were to predict, I would say McCarthy lasts, lasts the entire year, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he lasts after this year. 
No, I That's think it is. Yes, I agree. I think it's just going to be, does Sean Payton want to go to Dallas? No. Okay. Dan Quinn, let's, let's try your luck as a head coach again. <laughs> uh, on the flip side, Tampa, they won the game, but I think this story is more Dallas looking terrible than the Bucks looking great. I mean, yeah, obviously their defense uh, played well. They won but... that game more on defense. Offensively, they didn't get much done. But again, like I mentioned earlier, Chris Godwin, he had a couple nice catches. Like, wow, he's back after tearing his ACL in December. Like, that's incredible. But then he got hurt. He has a hamstring strain. Yeah, it sounds like he'll a miss weeks. a few games. So Yeah, and then no longer have Gronk, so they don't have anything at tight end. And then it's really just Mike Evans. And then Leonard Fournette, he definitely proved that he that the overweight uh, stuff, overweight news about his conditioning was kind of blown out. Yeah, I mean, he, he had an awesome game in this yeah, one. Yeah, he was good so. in this game. Julio Jones made a presence, uh, I can't, at least in I the can't first believe, half. I thought he was completely washed, but he actually looked uh, half decent in that game. Yeah, yeah, he I, did. I, I, don't, I really don't expect that to continue, but they do have to rely on more than I imagined that mm-hmm. they would especially with Godwin out now. And and I imagine Russell Gage will be involved a little bit more than he was in that first game. I think they'll be fine. But, yeah, it wasn't the strongest showing. And, yeah, I, I guess I just still question the stuff with Brady. and the you definitely got stuff. the tabloid factor with this yeah, team. I can I could see like, not exactly like 29 Patriots where he's just pissed off every, 2019 every game. But, Patriots. Wait, what? 2019 Patriots. Yeah, I said 2019. I just heard 2019 I didn't hear the when, he, team. when when Tom okay. Brady was on the Patriots in his last year, uh, when he was just pissed all the time, I could see something similar because his body language still sucks. I don't yeah, know if you noticed that. Oh, it definitely does, and I don't know how much of it is, uh, you know, what's going on in his personal life versus you know where he is right now. I think it's crazy for him to not want to be in Tampa at this point, given how great of a team this still is. The fact that Bruce Arians is gone, he's running the show. Yeah, and um, now it's Todd Bowles who's definitely respectable coach yeah yes he's probably not the greatest coach but i certainly would wouldn't mind him uh, as my head coach yeah and i mean he still has byron left which is his oc as well yeah and that too he's 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 shown that he's been good for brady i mean the whole giselle rumor is like you can't you can't overlook that you can't ignore it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you also can't ignore how how bad they're not bad but their old line is shaky right it's a problem because yeah they lost their two guards to either retirement or to Cincy, and then they lost Ryan Jensen during training camp, and then Donovan Smith just got hurt, mm-hmm. and he's been a good left tackle, and so it's really yeah. Just... And that's another one; he's probably gonna miss a few games. So and then who know who knows if Tristan Wirfs will last? Because I remember him getting injured in that playoff playoff game uh, last year, and so their O line shaky. That's the thing I worry uh, about the most with them for sure. And... Yeah, definitely a concern. I mean, uh, there's. This Tampa team is far from flawless. Uh, you know, I think that coming into the year, like I like that they did make some moves to shake things up, but that offensive line is is definitely a reason to be concerned. They're still really good, to, and they're they still, are still really good. Yeah, and everything. Mm-hmm. But if to really win it all, like yeah, I'm gonna pick out some flaws on their team. Yep. Yeah, and it's hard to ignore a lot of them for you know <laughs> both on the field and off the field reasons. So. Um, and I guess we'll see if they can, you know, finally beat the Saints in the regular season. Then maybe it's me easier to to feel really good about this team. But if they they come out and have another tough showing against New Orleans, then uh, yeah, probably reasons to continue to not be super high on this team compared to last year. So finally, let's wrap things up. Monday Night Football. 
and Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll against Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. I think that there are a lot of possibilities how this one could go out. And in the end, you know, the emotions, I don't know what it was, but Seattle ends up walking away with a somewhat surprising victory. I, I I am surprised that they won, but I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised that it was close. Just I can remember remember last year when Brady came back to New England and mm-hmm. oh, it was very it was similar rain, vibes. It was yeah. still an emotional game for him, of course, and yep. they barely won. And it came down to a last second missed field goal too. Yeah, like same thing game, like this one. Except Bra- except instead of Brady, uh, well Brady won, but Russell Wilson lost. That's the part that surprised me is that the Seahawks uh-huh. actually still won. And and Geno Smith was the better quarterback over Russell Wilson. Right. Like, that's that's the part that surprises me too. Well, okay, so I think that. I don't know if I completely agree with that take. I think that Geno Smith is more accurate. Russell Wilson, like, yeah, at times it felt like he wasn't great. He still had a solid showing. Maybe he was inflated by that 67-yard touchdown to Jerry Judy with Seattle just refused to tackle him. Maybe it also helps that everyone did not expect much from Geno Smith at all. Yeah, right. Russell Wilson, Uh new teams, like, all right, now he's going to Geno Smith revisionist history. Like, there's so many people like, oh, like, he should have gotten more chances than he did. I mean, the guy sucked. (laughs) <laughs> his first opportunities like i'm i'm happy yeah. for him that he was able to make the most of it finally was, being a week one gr- starter he was really but, good in this game uh-huh. but yeah it you can you can see him probably not <laughs> repeating that kind of performance again yeah, one thing to I, mention though i i was reminded in that game why i don't like seattle <laughs> because oh yeah because, okay i like to i like tyler Loggin and, and all that but i hate their fans because they booed Russell they Wilson. They booed Russell Wilson. He was there for 10 years. He won you a Super Bowl. He almost won you two. He carried your team for all these years. And then like, he quit Oh, on but the he team. left. He didn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, because he kept getting his ass kicked by the terrible offensive line. And they never let him really cook because Pete Carroll is the king of uh, hashtag uh, run the ball. <laughs> like. It- Established the run. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I did like there were talks about the Seahawks fans booing, and I didn't really believe that it was going to be an overwhelming thing. I thought they would be cheering, but I think that uh, I I don't. I kind of love it. I kind of do. I I kind of like the fact that the Seahawks are like, you know what? You didn't want to be here anymore. Like, thanks for the Super Bowl a decade ago, but you lost in the playoffs a ton and as much as it's easy to say like oh that wasn't on russell wilson that was on the I rest think of the it's team stupid. they put so I much on just, him it was a very emotional game and no i i do think he deserves some cheers and maybe you know when the game starts it's easy to to not root for him but i don't know at the same time i'm looking at it and you know i wish that i picked denver as the team most likely to finish last not just because they lost this game but Russell Wilson is such a dork. Like he's oh, he's, he's easy cr- to root against. See, he's so cringy. See, I, I, let me just say I like Russell Wilson a lot as a player. He's a great he's football the player. Corniest dude ever. He is the Carlton of the NFL. Showing yeah, showing up on uh you know to the game with that prom suit. Like yeah, he's like yeah. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah, he's the corniest guy ever. Just yeah, as personality so, wise. I, I mean, in terms of just like. Biggest dorks of the weekend. Number one, that uh, Texas A&M student who led the midnight yell clowning on App State only for them to go out and lose 17 to 14. And then number two, Russell Wilson. That That's my official power ranking for the weekend. I also saw a video of him practicing high fives as he was going through the tunnel. Did yeah, you see that? Oh, I saw that too. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, Mr. Unlimited, I, I get it. He's a special talent on the field. He's oh, fun I to totally, watch play football. I totally get but... it from that aspect that 
personality-wise, I'm on the opposite ends for that, where I think super highly of him as a player, but as a as a person, personality-wise, yes, nice guy, but oh, corniest guy ever. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think, I don't know how much that also played a role, where it's like, you root for him because he's on your team, you love him as your team, maybe he's a good football player, but now it's Is like, Is that why all know, the Seahawks players hate him? Maybe I wouldn't like be Richard surprised. Sherman, like, Richard Sherman craps. He's crapped on him for so long, and then of course because they lost against, especially against Seattle, like he just dumps on him. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure that team. I'm sure that personality plays I, a factor. That's another reason why I like Russell Wilson because I hate their fans. I hate Richard Sherman. So uh, by default, I like Russell Wilson. Too. No, and I I get it, and it's one of those things where it almost sounds like a bad take to say I don't like Russell Wilson, but I think at this point, I've I've fully come around on it, and you know, I I think that I've been so high on the Broncos the past few years with guys like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback that I just have to be like, oh, they got Russell Wilson now. They're going to make the playoffs. But I don't know. Not a great week one showing. And I think that emotions played a big factor. I don't think that the Broncos are going to lose to teams like the Seahawks every week. And I don't think the Seahawks are going to beat teams like the Broncos every week. But, uh, you know, I think that in terms of a week one showing, this is a game that the you know the Broncos and Russell Wilson wanted to come out and play much better than they did. See, you you say that you regret not picking the Broncos as the team most likely to finish last. I I, I have them I have them behind the Chargers and Chiefs, but I, I still think they'll be good and I still think they'll be a wild card team. But I gotta say one thing that I did not factor in enough: the, Nathaniel Hackett is a bozo, <laughs> complete <laughs> bozo. They yeah. should fire him now. Uh, that's that's my number two overreaction after Dallas just saying it's over. That Nathaniel that was Hackett, another thing where I didn't factor in the first year head coach aspect. So such a stupid move to yeah, kicking that sixty four yard field goal. I don't know if you saw the video of Peyton Manning on the Mancast, but when it was when there's fifty seconds left, fourth and five, the play clock is still full. Peyton Manning's like, all right, let's call a timeout here. Let's call a timeout here. Let's regroup. And then he's just doing that constantly for <laughs> yeah, all this time. I, so and I was not watching the Manning cast. I, was I did. So the, I watched. I was I watched the, the Joe Buck and Troy Aikman because I, I wanted too. to see what they did. Yeah, I, I didn't just saw see the, any of the replay later on uh, Twitter. Like, uh, gotcha. Man. Yeah, I, I missed that. But I mean, that yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. And Hackett straight up said like, yeah, I shouldn't have. Oh yeah! After the game, yeah, I definitely should have gone for on fourth down. No, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Was so the... here's what I'm trying to figure out: Is Nathaniel Hackett from New Hampshire or not? Because I did hear something about New Hampshire. He, yeah, they Joe Buck mentioned like his parents are in New Hampshire, but I I looked him up, and he is from California. Like he was born in Fullerton. He went to UC Davis. So I'm just wondering. Should I be a fan of him because he's like one of the few coaches in New Hampshire? Like, I hate Ohio State. I love Ryan Day strictly because he's from Manchester. Um, and I want him to get an NFL job. And he's also just one so of the, I can root for him. He, he's probably, he's Ryan Day is also probably one of the more like compared to the rest of he's the college. anti Urban Meyer. I mean, yeah, literally. Like, he is such a likable dude. That's the fact what I'm he's saying. from like, New he's Hampshire, like, like, he's so I easy to love. College, I hate college coaches. Like, I, I, I don't like there, Nick There's Saban. a lot of horrible ones out there. Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly is detestable. <laughs> God. I can't yeah. stand Brian Kelly. Uh, so I'm glad that they lost in their first game. Uh-huh. Uh, at, at least Nick Saban wins. Brian Kelly has the ego of someone that does win and he doesn't win at all. And so, but Ryan Day is. Yeah, he's the one likable college coach I can think of at the top of my head. I'm sure there are others, but but uh, that was that was so bad. That, that 
that's the that's the thing that I'm now overreacting to the most in terms of Denver not being good is is uh Hackett's just not the guy. Yeah. So I saw a stat where it says Russell Wilson on fourth and five or less in the fourth quarter in his career, sixty eight point eight percent conversion percentage, converting fourth and five uh or less in the fourth in the fourth quarter in his career. That's percentage of sixty four plus yard field goals being made in the past thirty years. It's really really low number it's basically is it is it even one percent and there's been two right it's not yeah like that's the reason why the number i guess i don't know how many times because there haven't been that many attempts them. because uh, why would you that why the hell would you go for yeah. unless we have justin tucker on your team like why the hell would you go yeah for i mean that tucker and then it was matt prater for the broncos but that was yeah. in denver in denver and then justin tucker in a dome the best kicker one of the best kickers ever yeah. and mcmanus has his moments but and he almost made that field. It's still a stupid decision. That was crazy. yeah. I mean, Broncos kickers are automatically going to be inflated because right. fifty-yard field goals or sixty-yard field goals in Denver. Yeah. But and then he and then after they missed the field goal, he ended up calling his timeouts like a weasel at the end. Yeah, on the kneel downs. And then Russell Wilson. He also uh, his team didn't help him out with the Melvin Gordon fumble and then the mm-hmm. Javante fumble at the one-yard line. Like yeah. That the curse of the one yard line followed Russell Wilson apparently still. Yeah, I mean, I look. This is a game that Denver should have won, and I think that in any other stadium, in any other situation, they do pull out the victory. You know, I don't want to overreact to a loss to the Seahawks like it's just any ordinary loss. Like this, there's a lot of emotions, there are a lot of factors that went into this one, but there's a. Uh, I think there's enough reason to say, like, let's uh, not just assume that the Broncos are going to be, like, this amazing football team because they finally have a quarterback. Like, there's there's still some things that need to figure out. Their defense still has some question marks. But um, overall, I, and, I mean, their offensive line as well is still still a bit of a problem. So yeah. there's definitely I still, I still some concerns. But I still have, for both these teams, I, I have Seattle still finishing last even even though Arizona really stinks. <laughs> Seahawks are first in the division. They I only know. seen that one. <laughs> they were first in the division yesterday uh or two yeah, hadn't even ago played when a everyone game. everyone went 0 and 1 and uh-huh. Seahawks were still 0 and 0. If you yep. told me between the AF uh AFC South and the NFC West there would only be one win and it'd be Seattle and that's including a a matchup between two teams where you think <laughs> Yeah, would right. Win. But somebody had to win. <laughs> if you told me uh-huh. only one team would win especially with two teams playing each other and the one team that won was Seattle, arguably the worst of the eight teams. No I, chance. I would have been floored. And yeah. yeah. That's yeah. crazy that they were I, the team that won. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I totally agree with that. So, yeah. Um, I guess we'll see how those two teams do when they're not playing a huge rivalry game. But that's that's it. We got through all 16 games. So, Definitely a ton of fun, and I will say that anyone who's very excited about us talking about your team, there's probably a decent chance we're not going to talk about them every single week. No, uh, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I tapped how often. out after the first half. It was over. Yeah, no, I I get it. I mean, we, we have. <laughs> there to were talk other about games that were more week, exciting but... to watch, and after that wild touchdown, uh-huh. screw it, changing changing the red zone, watching other games. It was yeah. Over. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun fun being able to go through that, but I think that moving forward we'll we'll talk some baseball with the playoffs, we'll talk some basketball, we'll talk some hockey with them starting up, but still fun. Have a top five here and there, five questions. You know, we'll have more than football, but I think that this week it it's deserved to to be solo. Football so. should still dominate, but it will, it, it will, yeah. yeah. You know, we just we just won't react to all sixteen games every single yeah, week. That, no, I get it. Week one's the the time to do it. 
Yeah. So, again, big game next week, Patriots-Steelers. Um, definitely be talking about that one amongst some other things. But uh, <laughs> for now, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best as uh, this week plays out with uh, both of those teams and their, their interesting week ones, to say the least. So, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>